0: You probably saw him on Last Chance U seasons three and four, I believe, on Netflix, where he led independence to a championship.
1: They have to do a podcast. The Coach JB show with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut.
0: That's Coach JB. Sarah Cheek, mother of four and an OnlyFans content creator.
2: I want to give an unfiltered, be real, true evaluation of
1: different things, and, and really like share in my you opinion. Trick. as well. You, you fucking slap dicks. dicks. You you fucking slap dicks. Dicks. Down the brass tass, question my ass, which deep all is trash. Titties are all in, ass. all gas, no brakes.
2: I love sports.
1: That's just a part of who I am. She's got sports blood in her, so she's on the cover of FHM magazine. And the coach of J.D. Schultz. what up, what up, what up, man. Apologize. We have technical difficulties all day long going on here. I don't know what's happening. Uh Krista, can you shift me over? I don't know. Um, anyway, we're dealing with all this shit, man. I apologize. We're trying to figure this thing out, so we apologize. Everybody's in here now. Um, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. We got the new intro. We're starting all over. Hopefully we're back. Uh, We've had a horrible day of uh, technology, but we're back. So, hey, I appreciate you, Zach, hanging in here. Uh, it's that Compton Boost Mobile following me for my whole fucking career, I think. Um, so, is what it is. It's Hopefully- me.
2: It's Florida.
1: Yeah, it's Florida. What a- Hey, first <laughs> time censoring for censoring me. Hey. I, I want to know, new poll question. Do you guys <laughs> like the new intro song by my boy Spree, who made the track, and the video made by my boy Gabe? Um... And uh, he did the video. We also have an outro video that we'll show later on. So, um, anyway, back to the show. Apologize for everybody. Come on back in. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. Um, so, Zach, I know you guys were talking about the whole Drew thing. I mean, uh, who was it? Brew? Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy. So, apparently, Zach was saying that, that uh, you know, SC or Lincoln Riley's known for that. And I've heard the same thing. See, Zach and Juco... Um, It's a different deal because when we got a transfer from, say, Ohio State or Alabama, the SEC had to clear him for him to go back to the SEC when he graduated with his AA degree from me. Um, And that was kind of like similar on people holding those kids from going back. So if I got a kid from Alabama, he had to be approved by, by, by Nick Saban to go to Georgia when he left Indy or go to Vanderbilt or Tennessee. And some kids got fucked, and they could not go back to the SEC. They would have to go to the ACC or the Big Ten or whatever. Um, do you see that being kind of like the similar thing? And why is coaches controlling that? I think you're muted, Zach. Zach, you muted. My bad.
0: I got you. All right. There you got, go. Can you hear me? Yep, yep, yep. Hey, it's we're just, through it's this. It's just Sorry. such a bitch move by Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Because he, he – I've seen it a hundred times. I mean, Urban Meyer never one time didn't sign that piece of paper. Like, for what? This is a kid. He wants to go play college football somewhere else. If I get it. If you're Ohio State and he's going to Michigan, you might be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. But you can go anywhere else. But USC to Tennessee, the fuck's the problem? I know. Like, why, why, why don't you want that kid to play? Like, you want to hurt that kid and his career and his future because, what, you're like butt hurt? This is the same guy who broke NCAA rules and was recruiting Jordan Addison when he was a football player at Pitt. Before he ever entered the portal, everybody knew he was going to USC. It's like, wait a minute now, how do we know this kid's going to USC? He's not even in the portal yet. So Lincoln Riley's doing all that, and then on top of that, he leaves Oklahoma. All his assistants stay behind and are getting paid by Oklahoma to go recruit, and they're recruiting for USC. Like He's He's shady as they come. Oh no it's doubt, it's not surprising no at all.
1: That's why I wouldn't fuck with him. In the, I, I had no issue. I, I didn't let him around my office. But you know, this is the problem though, yeah. man. Uh, you know, everybody wants to talk about the equal deal and in, uh, in the NIL and all this shit. See, now that I'm, what I'm scared about is when the NIL came out and it's basically free agency of football. Um, you know, is it going to give the coaches kind of the power back by doing this type of shit from letting them transfer? Um, especially, but this is the thing with me. This is my take, and I was talking to Sarah earlier about this, and you can tell me what you think. I'm Josh Heupel. I'm creating a new culture at Tennessee. I'm starting over. I'm trying to get this thing right. I am getting. I got the number one QB. I've, I've created a new culture and landscape. This kid has left USC to Texas and back to SC in the same year. He's now left SC and gone to Tennessee. Why would you even take this shitbird? Because he's obviously another person's trash, and I don't take other people's trash if I'm creating a new regime, new culture, new atmosphere. We want men of character, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. We're in Tennessee, dog, like you got facilities. you're in the SEC, you're playing Georgia, Alabama. You should not have to take shitbirds who can't even have do, 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 who, who can't stay consistent at one place and show he's loyal to your program. So if he leaves Tennessee this year, it's your fault, hypo.
0: And, and you know what? I mean, Sarah can speak to the Vols roster probably better than I can, but I think Cedric Tillman has a chance to be a great player. I don't know what the fuck. Like, I know you you need three receivers. I get it. But this kid, I, I, I'm i not sold he can play. And you already have a, a kid that's about to be a breakout star. Like, what did you just add? You just added some shitbag that transfers and jumps schools all over the place? Is If that's what he is. I don't know the kid. I think I might have recruited him a little bit, but he was not my type of player if I remember right.
1: Yeah, you're right. Go ahead, Sarah. I, I know. I don't know. What is, what's Vol Nation think about this kid?
2: I mean, I, the, right now Vol Twitter has exploded over him. But, I mean, Cedric Tillman, he's, he's got like a sweet spot in my heart. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that we're just trying to build depth because we've been screwed so many times on our injuries and everything that's happened. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It's going to be interesting. I, I mean, you just got to look at it. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. He, you know, TJ follows it. Good. One of my former players is in the chat. And he said, Bre, Bre, you know, Brew went to SC out of high school. And then he left early. And then he transferred to Texas. Then he came back to SC the same year. And now he's in his third school. And it's just like, dude, I don't know why you would even take the kid. I, See, that's just my thing. It goes back hey, to just taking the kid just out of character and culture. But I, I don't know. There,
0: there's always a problem, right? There's always an issue with a transfer kid. There, there's a select story that you can get behind, right? Joe Burrow. That's a story you're like, makes sense, right? In his last year, you know, had two years left, Got probably wasn't going to be the guy, so he wanted to have a fresh start. Then there's Jamison Williams, the kid who went from Ohio State to Bama, right? just was going to be the third receiver at Ohio State, wanted to be a star, had one year left, so he went to Bama, right? Those stories make sense to me. You look at Tennessee's two kids they brought in, Brew McCoy, that story doesn't make sense. Like jumping around school to school, it it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Then the kid Lynn J. Dixon from Clemson transfers into Tennessee. I mean, he was going to be a good player at Clemson. Why would he transfer to Tennessee that's so random? And sure enough, he didn't make it out of training camp. He's already left Tennessee. It's three weeks, right? Yeah, those kids that are just jumping around, like they're the same guys that cheat on their wife and fucking, you know, have 10 different girlfriends in high school. Like they, they just, they never, if you can't commit to a school, how are you going to commit to the grind? How are you going to become a great player if you're so worried about jumping to another, a better situation?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm very intrigued on seeing this. That's the thing about it. Like Sarah's just talked about injuries and, and, and other things. Zach, you, you you're probably similar to me when you recruited. If you got a kid in portal, portal wasn't as big when you were there. I'm sure you were. It was starting to, just starting up, pretty popular. I think when you were leaving, right? Um, yeah. The portal, like to me, we took three types of kids at a JUCO level, which at the time was the transfer portal of America. Right? You went to JUCO yep. to go back and get re-recruited. Yep. Now you're and sitting moved, in the portal yeah. and just you're gonna get tra- you're gonna just try to go to another school. But there was three types of kids. You got a kid who got booted for what we graded out kids at. So if you were a credit card fraud kid, we graded you out at a B. If, if you were smoking weed, we graded you out at a, probably an A. Because, yeah, you know, right. we're going to fix that. If you were still in at Walmart, you know, you're probably a C. But we're going to try to get you right. But if you touched a woman or any domestic violence, I, it was an F. I, you're off my board. I didn't take you. But we yeah. got three types of kids, Zach. I'm pretty sure you agree. So we got... You get the shitbirds who get kicked out that you're, you're willing to help get a second chance, but you're probably going to yeah. put him on a leash when he gets to you because you've already had this track record. We get a kid who got kicked out for academic reasons, right? Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get that kid. And then you got the kid, basically, who didn't have the playing time that he wanted, right. and now he wants to leave, whether it's competitive drive or whether it's just – he, he might not he, be good enough. He might not be good enough or he's get, he thinks he's getting screwed now. Right. That's the yeah, new right, thing. Right. So we got those kids at Juco. Um, is that something similar to what you guys got as far as getting them out of the portal? Are those the three types yeah, of kids? Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, I, when I was at Marshall and Temple, like, th- we we entertained that stuff way more than, than Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State, our philosophy was always like, th- this is before the portal was what it is now, right? It was always, we were recruiting big-time high school prospects. Like, if you have to go to JUCO or go to a transfer portal, it means you fucking, you were awful at your job, and you have a void in your room, and you're trying to fill it. Like, I took a kid out of East Mississippi, um... Corey Smith was a receiver from Akron, but he was down at East Mississippi, and I took him because we just need—I needed somebody who could play. I mean, I got to Ohio State in 2012. I'm like, damn, most of these kids can't play. Like, who is recruiting here? Right. This is awful. Right. And we, we ended up having some really good players in that room, but they were freshmen. They were young. They weren't ready to play yet. So that was the only time we really went the JUCO or transfer route. Was when it was like, damn, our D tackles are fucking awful. <laughs> like, like right. we could, Let's go find a a 20 year old at least that might be
1: able to fill it, fill the gap. Nah, no doubt, no doubt. Did you have, like, uh, kids that were just, okay, no. Uh, Brew McCoy, you're damaged goods. That's where oh, I, yeah. I came to the damaged goods kids that I won't touch. And I, that's that's I why I won't touch the game.
0: Sarah, you'll know him. He was a quarterback at Tennessee that ended up transferring to, like, Baylor or somewhere. Big time, five-star player. What?
2: Oh, uh, oh I want to say Jalen Hurd. Um, it,
0: Jay- was it
2: Jalen Hurd?
0: Jaylen yes. Jalen Hurd. He was like a five yep. star, all everything, and Urban. But there was more it, to that. There was a lot more to that. That kid was mm-hmm. fucked up. But he, Urban, like he plays. He wanted to play receiver wherever he transferred to. He wanted to play receiver, and he'd been a quarterback. And Urban yes. brought his ass in on a visit, and I'm like, Coach, I don't want this kid. What are you doing? Like, what are we doing? And he was like, I just I, I, let's just bring him in. Let's just bring him in. And I have no idea why I'm going to Hyde Park Steakhouse and eating a fillet with this kid. Like, no clue. Because I'm sitting here like I'm not taking this kid. Why is he here? But Urban brought him in, and then I had to – what I just told you, our philosophy at Ohio State, I had to put that back at Urban like, Coach, this is what you told me our philosophy was. We don't need this kid,
1: and he was a train wreck off the field. Free
2: Madonna. Oh, my gosh.
1: Hey, they say he's with the Niners right now. I don't know if he'll make the team, but I guess he's on the Niners roster right now currently as it sits. Um, So we'll see. Zach, I want you to explain to everybody in the chat and everybody listening out there on the audio side – Explain why you had the opportunity to turn down folks like you just mentioned, and I want to explain to them, explain to them for me, or in everybody that you are a selector school, and I don't oh, think yeah. they understand. I don't think the general population understands no, selector I mean, schools, and I think selector schools have changed quite a bit since we were back. We were coaching because Ohio State's pretty much always been one. I think USC's been one. Texas, uh, Alabama, obviously. Um, I thought Michigan was probably a selector. I, you know, back in the day, it was Florida, Florida State, Miami. Yep. And nowadays, you know, the selectors have changed per recruiting hub. And I don't think a lot of people. We can get into coaching one on one all day long, but the hubs in the country for everyone out there is basically California, Florida, Texas, Ohio is a hub nationally. And I would probably now it's probably what Georgia, I guess, um, yeah, is, Georgia. is in the five sure. or whatever the five hubs. So those are hubs. And within those hubs, you have a lot of selector schools that are power five schools. So what, what, what the selector school means is you, you're recruiting a kid at Akron and you've offered them, and Alabama has never offered them. And they come in on the 23rd hour before signing day and say, Guess what? You want to go to Alabama? Bro. And that kid goes to Alabama on the 23rd hour because he's a selector school and those yep. schools do that. So I don't know. Can you explain the difference? And that's why you have the opportunity yeah, I mean, to turn down it's, those it's, shitbirds.
0: birds. Yeah. It's it. I mean, one you're recruiting at such a high level at a place like Ohio state that you, you don't need to take a kid that might not fit just to take a kid. Right. Cause one, he's not going to play. He's not going to fit in that kid. That kid Jalen Hurd would have never fit in. I mean, urban would, he would have been out the door after one day with urban Meyer. You know what I mean? And so you, If you've done a good job recruiting your room, you don't have to take any kid because you have, you know, let's say you have twelve receivers, seven of them can really, really play, and so you you don't need to take this transfer kid just to be some guy. He's either got to be a difference maker, or you got to you got to really investigate the situation and be like, listen, this kid's not a bad. He's a good kid. Like he's not a flight risk. He's not going to transfer again. Like he's going to come in and work. Like it's got to fit. And at a place like Ohio State, like you said, you, you can always go – I mean, I did it a hundred times. We poached Texas Tech, a receiver that was committed to Texas Tech for a year and a half. It took me like two days, and the kid flipped. You know what I mean? Because what kid in their right mind is going to Texas
1: Tech if they can go to Ohio State? <laughs> Nobody. Uh-huh. Unless, like, your daddy played there or something. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I was trying to bring up to Sarah. Like, that's why I'm so confused on why Hypo will take a kid. You're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to take the next step at Tennessee. You're yeah. trying to take right. the next step at, at with Stoops at Kentucky. Why would you take these kids at these schools that are, that are you know, they're having successful seasons. I think Hypo's got a lot of hype in Tennessee. They're going to be the next team. You know, that's the narrative. And then you take a step back, in my opinion. Now, I'm not at Tennessee, so I don't know what the day-to-day operations, but you took a step back because if this kid comes in and, bec- you know, one bad apple ruins a whole batch. What? Yep. And if he becomes a shitbird, you've taken some steps back, not just one step. You've created, yeah. in your locker room, that we're gonna just take anybody, and that's not what you should be setting the precedent for at Tennessee. You're trying to be a selector school. You're gonna be playing Alabama and the big boys. Fuck that shit, bird. Let's go get some. So we can get some new blood out there. Three hundred million people in America. I'm sure there's another motherfucker out there. <laughs> it's
0: crazy to me because Tennessee is doing it right, and it's like. But then they 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 take these two kids. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like. They they got the NIL money cooking. I mean, they're investing. They got the Nico kid committed. Like they're recruiting well. It's like things are going well. Why are you fucking this up? Like you're doing the right shit, but you just threw in a couple dumbass
1: decisions, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I so Sarah's came on this week just to start. We start this week. We wanted to do it because this week is uh it should be great TV once again. After a long damn time without any real sports to watch, college football yes. zero week is headed in into, into, into the the uh, in in everyone's living rooms. Uh, I think Vanderbilt goes to Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that's uh, one of the games, and I'm not sure. Is there any other? I don't know what other games are in week zero, but um, well,
0: uh, the biggest one that I saw was Northwestern Nebraska. I don't know, you know, I don't know how good Northwestern's going to be, but Scott Frost is in a do or die year, I so he, you you got to you hope for his sake and his staff's sake and, you know, all the families that they come out on fire.
1: What's your um, thoughts but, about Scott Frost? Uh, the, the thing comes out that his linemen were throwing up 15 to 20 times a day. I, I, I got to hear this. Bro, what the fuck? Like, you got to be kidding me.
0: First of all, if your linemen are throwing up 15 to 20 times a day in individual, you need to fire your fucking strength coach right now because what the hell were they doing all summer? <laughs> <laughs> like, did we not train? How much we got, water we, weight did they just lose? <laughs> right. Like, what, why are they all throwing up so much? Did we, Are we not in shape? <laughs> that was my first reaction. I was like, oh, shit, some strength coach is getting fired for sure.
1: <laughs> I know. He's <laughs> fired like, a lot I mean, of guys I mean, already. What,
0: what are we trying to prove here? Like, we're trying to save our jobs by running kids into the ground. Watch how une- unexplosive those linemen are game one. If they got ground like that in training camp, they won't even be able to come off the ball. And the game's in Ireland, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: What the fuck are we doing with that? Um, bro, I don't know.
0: Maybe the Irish, I don't know. They, they like to drink. They probably like people smashing into each other.
1: But, like, doesn't that, Sarah, I don't know about you. You're down there, and you know you're an SEC country. Wouldn't that take away from your fan base support? I'm going to go to Ireland to play our first game, North, Northwestern Nebraska, which is not separated by too many miles, and you're losing two fan bases. They're not going to Ireland.
2: <laughs> I mean, especially right now. Brilliant. Right. It's not, I don't think it's a smart move. I I think it's you're trying to create hype. I don't, I'm not more hype if Tennessee goes to place in freaking Europe. I'm not like, woohoo, yay.
0: But it's like, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to get the people of Ireland to love college football? Is that the fucking plan here?
1: I I don't know, but are they trying to fucking follow the NFL model and they're trying to go over to Europe now and do all these things because it's just. I mean, don't talk about money then, because you guys got it if you're no. going to Ireland and flying all this oh, shit yeah. over there and doing all this shit. There's no doubt. I don't know. Hey, so what What will you be looking for, man, collectively and individually as the season begins? Not only conference to conference, but I know you're grounded in that deal in that world. Uh, specific teams and people uh, who have a lot of writing on their shoulders, I guess. So, you know, the big-time quarterbacks, the big-time wideouts, the O-line, D-line play, even coaching um, are you looking at what teams can stay on top? The IE, the Georgia, Bama, Clemson, or will they yeah. become an irrelevant team such as an Oklahoma with the drama they fucking have had over the summer? Or will USC become a household name again? Like, are you looking at all that type of shit? Or um, Yeah,
0: there's, there's so... And there's so much going on right now. And I don't think I remember a year where the landscape of college football changed as much as it did this year between transfers, coaches, coaches were jumping in the portal. I mean, they're right. fucking tra- <laughs> transferring schools all over the place. Coaches that traditionally never would leave. Like you don't leave Notre Dame for LSU. That That's not a thing, right? But he did it. Ryan mm-hmm. Kelly did it. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. One, I think it's going to be interesting to, to see who wins the SEC East. Because I think this is the most wide open it's been in years. Um, I think Tennessee has a shot if they can field half, half a defense. They they have a shot. I think you know we'll see what Billy Napier is all about at Florida. Georgia's obviously the team to beat. But i, I I'm this not just because Sarah's on the show. I have the Alabama at Tennessee game circled because Nick Saban has to take his team to Arkansas, and that's going to be a physical ass game with Sam Pittman and, and and what they do offensively and defensively. Then he has to go to oh oh Texas A and M at home, who they lost to last year, and come off of those two games and go at Tennessee and face hopefully a maximized Hendon Hooker. And it's like, man, if there's going to be an upset on that schedule, that's the one. So I, and Neely sometimes Stadium, I talk about these
1: 000.
0: oh yeah and the vol the vol navy will roll up. It'll be oh yeah it'll be sweet. So and I, we I'm have excited the for that game. That oh,
2: yeah. with that we have the potential to go into that game. I mean without a loss be huge and, yeah. and you
0: know what they'll do then Tennessee will be ranked number two in the country so they can have a some kind of crazy <laughs> tv matchup so <laughs> you know how the media does I'm excited but that's that's one storyline is can anybody beat Bama because their their secondary is ridiculous all NFL starters right there yeah. the offensive line they got to replace two kids uh, an all-american first round draft pick right tackle I think he left or right and you know they got Bryce Young so everyone's jerking off to them but I I don't I don't they have a bunch of receivers that have names, right? They have, they have kids that transfer from, from fucking Louisville and Georgia, but none of them have been great players yet. So Alabama fans, I, I did a show on Alabama today, and they were all in my comments, like, talking shit. Like, I didn't know what I was talking about. And I'm like, show me one clip where any of these wideouts that <laughs> Alabama's going to play this year has done anything. And they'll, 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 they'll send you, like, a practice clip where you had a one-handed catch. I'm like, get the fuck
1: out of here. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I, I heard you. I heard your show. You talked about this last week, um, and I was talking about this, and we mentioned it briefly. This this LSU quarterback, right, uh, Miles Brennan, yeah. walks away from football. It. I heard you talking about it, and I was going to talk about it too. What's your take? And I and I and I love to hear Sarah's deal because it's all about money now, and the schools aren't paying them right, quote unquote. It's the boosters right. and the outside sources. This he had eight NIL deals. And all that money went to him, and the school basically did not receive anything from him at all. He didn't play. He's not going to give him render services rendered, right? Like, so you can just walk away after getting all this money. That is what's ruining college football, in my opinion. And if we don't put something to it, some type of halt to it, I don't understand how it's going to get better.
0: Well, it's just such bullshit, right? This, this kid signed, I think it counted, six or seven NIL deals, right? But you, the NCAA said it can't be pay-to-play. He's just, he can right. represent your company as, you know, Zach Smith, not like Zach Smith, the coach, right? And then all of a sudden this kid quits the team and all six of these, seven of these companies are on the hook to pay him all this money and he doesn't even play football anymore. It's like, how is this fair to the company?
1: It's wild. Yeah, there's no stipulation. Do you know if there is any, is there oh, any they, type they, There of contract? can't be a
0: stipulation.
1: Really?
2: Does he lose his, if he is injured and he, no. nothing?
0: nothing because they they are not allowed to have any legal verbiage that has to do with wow the kid playing for whatever university playing the sport none of that they can just monetize their name image and likeness so they can't even like it can't even be like but you have to be on the team no that that doesn't count because what if he has a mental health problem and quits the team right right he, he made
2: seven figures isn't it seven figures <laughs> about- without i mean without playing
1: yeah oh yeah at least i mean at least I, I don't know. It's like fuck, man. I don't know. It's pretty crazy out here right now. The landscape. It, it's 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 free agency without a return, as there, as we've talked about, and it's just like, dude, these cats can run and just say, you know what? Because I I agree. I believe that this is the softest we've ever been as a society. So that's just oh, yeah. my take. But these but kids. JB, I I
0: had a I had a take on one of my shows a couple of weeks ago, and having Sarah on, she can, she can voice her expertise it's only a matter of time to one of these college football players starts an OnlyFans because they will have so many women
1: signing <laughs> up to watch they will make so much money <laughs> I, I don't know Sarah I mean
2: why not I
1: know there's guys out here apparently have OnlyFans just using their feet <laughs> hey JB that's a business model for you brother <laughs> dog hey I don't have bad looking feet homie but I will never put my feet on camera like that Hey, I, 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 when I'm cooking and I'm in my uh, flip flops I'm, I'm hesitant to show my fuck. I, I'm like, fuck, my feet are in that motherfucker. <laughs> um, hey, how about this though? I was gonna ask. I'm gonna ask this to Matt McChesney later on, uh, who does the hell of a NFL O lineman. He, uh, some kids died, man. Unfortunately, you saw this Indiana yeah. State football uh, yeah. players died, man. I, I don't want to be insensitive and all that shit, but I gotta, I gotta be honest. I keep telling these. People every day, I'm telling these grown men, I'm like, dude, it's because we're giving the keys to the car to these kids before they learn to drive, right? I say it figuratively, not literally, but I think the figuratively aspect is going over to the literal side because... These kids now take everything else so laissez-faire, laid back. We're not really serious about shit no more. This kid just left eight NIL deals not to play football no more. Do you think that's a real thing that we're seeing more kids dying from foolish accidents than we've ever seen? And I'm just trying to find out. Do you think that is a relative thing or do you think it's just fucked up luck? Because I'm sure seeing it a lot more than I've ever have.
0: I mean, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, I got I have four kids, and I'm sitting here. None of them drive. My oldest is 12, but but I'm sitting here like I'm already I'm on his ass about being on his phone if he's driving. Like, I, it, and I'm not trying to blame parents. Like, obviously, accidents happen, and they're tragic. But my son is going to be beaten into his head that he he will never have a drink and drive, and he will never be on his phone driving. And if he does ever, I will I will end all of his shit. He will do no sports, no cars, no cell phones. Like, fuck off. I'm not dealing with that if I can avoid it. And I think that's part of the problem. These kids are on their phones fucking driving. I see it all the time. I live right by a high school. Oh, yeah. It's like you're and it's fine if you're going 30 miles an hour, probably nothing's going to happen. You start doing that shit on a highway. Just terrible. I saw 70,000 70, kids died in, in in car accidents this year. Yeah, this year. Teenagers.
1: You crazy. got kid you got boys uh Sarah. I mean I've got two boys and What's two your girls. take on that? I mean
2: accountability nobody is holding their children accountable for their actions there's no consequences anymore there's no structure there's no standard anymore there's no. it's just chaos so i mean my boys are being raised to be men right no not doubt. little beaches
1: <laughs> Hey. <laughs> That's right. I know. I, I see some of your posts. I hear you talk. I'm like shit. I'm glad we got some some women out here raising these things. I like. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Um, there's eight. I got eight. Zach. I got eight top BCS teams at years in that you're gonna take four from. And I know we're early. I know it's a week zero week. Uh, but out of these eight teams, I just want. I know you don't take this too early right now. And I'll take uh, Sarah's deal. But possibly what. Out of eight out of these eight teams do you see a team that I have not named now I'm only gonna name seven and I'm gonna name a surprise I want you to add the surprise team that's an eighth team but out of these seven do you see anyone else contending for the fourth spot in the BCS playoff I got Bama Georgia Clemson Ohio State AM because of the hype in the, in the roster Notre Dame because of the same thing USC surprise team uh any team that you don't like, and I don't like SC, but but it's so hyped, I'm putting them in there. So, yeah. is it Texas? Is it Tennessee? Is it Kentucky? Is it Florida? I, I think it's too early for Florida, and 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 yeah. and, and his. You know, I, I see all the hype about it, uh, Florida, and he's taking, he's doing a good job over there, but I don't know an eighth team. So I I, I
0: don't think. I don't think Tennessee's there yet. I don't think they're ready to make that jump. Um, Although I think they're trending the right direction. But the team that that, as I've studied them the last month, that I'm start, I'm I'm trying to get people in Columbus to realize Michigan's going to be really fucking good. Like they lost some, they lost some, a couple great players, but their O line is back. They're run, they have two running backs that are NFL running backs. They have some skill at, at receiver. I hope they start the young freshman JJ McCarthy. They are going to be an 11 and 0 team when they play Ohio State, so I don't know if they can get in if they lose to Ohio State. But if they can, because you know they lose that game, they're not going to the Big Ten championship game. They're and right. they they ended their season on a loss. Yeah. So I don't know if they can still get in, but they're going to be really good. They the only spot they had up on offense that they really needed to replace was center, and they got a kid from Virginia who was the the best center returning in college football to transfer in. So I think Michigan might surprise some people this year.
1: What about you, Sarah? Who you got?
2: Okay, so rough, but Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Wake Forest, mm. Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma.
1: Okay, so you're gonna, you're riding with the the Oklahoma. Uh, you're riding with him and uh, what what you what he's doing. But
2: that spot, like, I mean, it could be anybody.
1: Well, you're
0: going Oregon. You are you a Bo Nix fan?
2: No. Okay, so I think USC. I think USC is a little overrated this year I agree. and I'm not going to pick them right now because
1: oh,
0: <laughs> your Tennessee blood won't let you
2: No,
1: because of the, the brew thing
0: I mean US, uh, <laughs> USC loaded up I mean no, nobody killed right. the portal like Lincoln I mean he just dominated the portal this year yeah so well,
2: good for him
0: I know <laughs> but here's the problem they still got to play defense Like, people look at these star names that come in like, oh, he got this receiver and he got Caleb Williams. And it's like, who the fuck is playing three technique, JB? That's what I want to know. Like, you still have to play defense.
1: People don't realize that shit. They're like, no,
0: it's like Texas. People talk about Texas. Oh, Quinn Ewers is a starter. They got these, this receiver, this receiver. I'm like, yeah, but their offensive and defensive line have been awful. Like,
1: did did they like go
0: find new linemen?
1: Sarah, you're getting questioned on your Wake Forest pick. By the way, in the chat, the chat's going crazy on your Wake Forest deal. I actually, I like, I like the quarterback. I like their coach. I like some things they've done. Me and Zach were talking about uh, Wake Forest. Actually, Zach actually picked Wake Forest to be a team to look out for. Uh, earlier in the year, we talked. But I know they they had a good year. They're on the they're on the rise for sure. Um, North Carolina State's another team that I think you have to watch. I know Zach's brought them up. Um, they have a returning roster too. Um, the thing I have a the problem I have with SC and Lincoln killing this portal, which is all fine and dandy and shit. Um, it's the camaraderie. Like, is yeah. it gonna be there? Because you get so many new mm-hmm. blood lives coming in your shit, and it's like, dude, do they fit the locker? Do they fit the foundational? uh you know what we're trying to get done is our is our is our top you know is it our mission statement because if you go in zach as you know better than anybody urban comes and takes a new job he's coming up with a new mission statement a new this is our whatever you want to call it mantra right this these are what we live by this is our our team goal we're here to build a culture whatever how do you do that with so many revolving parts and and new parts every semester? It ain't every year no more. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. I think the, the, I agree entirely with what you
0: what you said. It's all about the culture. The only good news I think for this situation is Lincoln Riley walked in and everybody was a transfer. Right? He they didn't have a culture built yet, so right. he could bring in whoever the fuck he mm-hmm. wanted and then start to build it. And they're all going to go through it together. It's like having a bunch of incoming freshmen, right? With a new staff. It's That's the only thing. It's Juco.
1: Yeah, it's Juco. Huh.
0: Yeah. That's it.
1: I, I mean, I think it's Juco. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just what I think. Um, I got to get your take on something, though. Um, these are the natty odds I talked to you about last week. Um, it's crazy how we were talking about the money compared to what Vegas has actually ranked right now. Not Vegas, but what the AP rankings are compared to what right. Vegas is picking as far as the money line goes. Um It's interesting to see South Carolina in the money, but not on the AP. And then you got Oregon and Utah um, kind of being thrown around late in the money, even though they got Utah much higher than Oregon in the AP. Um, It's interesting to see that, man, because Utah beat Oregon twice last year. Sarah picked Oregon. I know Dan Lanning. I know those staff well. I don't know. The money seems... I always want to go with the money, dog. I, I'm just curious. Yeah. I got to go with those top two teams that's playing in the playing in the, uh, the finals this year. And SC's way too high to me for, uh, to be in that money deal at number five.
0: Yeah, they're way too high. And honestly, Clemson, I don't know how the fuck we're talking about Clemson. Like, Clemson was awful last year. <laughs> and what, what, did they change... They lost their best, their their staple defensive coordinator, and Brent Venables. They lost their offensive coordinator. They, so all they did was lose people, and now Clemson's the third best odds or whatever that was. What, what the fuck is that? Based on what?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't know, but I saw this thing about your my, my main man micro penis. Uh, did you see this right here? <laughs> <laughs> no. it, it's basically he's increased accuracy after getting a massage. Predator award. He gets awarded two thirty. And then he's illegal touching, ineligible for games uh, officiated by female referees. Um, He gets 11 games. We didn't get to break news last week when it happened. What do you think about the 11 games? Sarah, I want to ask you first. Female uh, perspective, he gets 11 games. Um, I think if they go 12 games, the uh, the Players Association is going to fight it. They're going to go to court. And I think Deshaun Watson possibly plays game one because of the appeal process going to federal court, I think Deshaun Watson plays game one, and I don't think that's good for anybody. Um, so it's such a fucking bad position to be in. Um, I don't know how you feel, but he gets 11 games, $5 million, which is obviously... It's nothing. It's, it's nothing, but it was 300000 as Zach will tell you. So it's something more than what it was. Um, what's your take on 11 games?
2: He's got to go. There's no take on this whole thing. He's got to go. I mean, now you have Josh Dobbs in there. Why can't we roll with Josh Dobbs? Why are we even messing around with this? Look at what happened to Michael Vick.
1: I, I That's a good point.
2: I, I mean, it's there's, just, just, n- there's no discussion. I
0: just don't understand. And, JB, you and I talked about this. Like, what is, like, every girl that you sexually assault, like, how, what's the number as it equates to games, like if it's five girls, that's one game, 10 girls, two, like we're putting a, a price tag on the number of women you assaulted. Like it was like, Oh, 11 games is too much. It should be six. It's like, what are we talking about here? Like one, if he actually did it, he shouldn't fucking play again. He should get locked up. And two, if he didn't do it, then he should get no games. Right. What are we talking about?
1: Yeah. That's the fucking thing about it. And his narrative has changed. Have you noticed his pits? Like he came out, I've never done anything. I'm standing to it. Yeah. Then he comes out and I'm am sorry for affecting any lives that I did right. affect. And well, then he comes I back. Done some shit, now he's back again as I'm innocent. And it's like you just paid off 26 women. How are you, so? What, like, when are we gonna look through the bullshit? Like this motherfucker's gone from I'm innocent to sorry to I'm innocent again because 11 games hit him.
0: Well, in all reality, I think this problem is more of a societal problem. Like, mm-hmm. why did he not get charged? Like, we need to fix right. that because if he did it, he should have got charged. And then the other side of it is if that's fixed, then the NFL doesn't have to worry about anything. They let police do their do their job and investigate it, and if they don't charge him, then he didn't do anything wrong, he gets no suspension. But the problem is the NFL realizes, like, he definitely did some stuff they just can't charge him it's like what how that's so fucked up
1: i want I like if wanna, he did Sa- some
0: stuff we should be able to charge him
1: no doubt i want sarah's take cuz me and you have talked about this in depth sarah i believe they haven't charged him because the women never used the r word which is rape i don't believe that word was used if that word was used i think he's in jail i think he's or he's in he's fighting a criminal charge where he's not going to play this year at all right so i think it's the reason of that alone what do you what do you think
2: Maybe. I mean, where are these uh, with these women? Uh, you have to hold them accountable also. So, not, if this happened to me, nothing's going to pay me off. I'm going to make sure that I fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. So, where are their voices? Why aren't we hearing more of this? Because I would be pushing really, really hard. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it isn't because they didn't use that word, but. How, it's it, tough. This is a tough, tough it, one. It is.
0: And, it's, and it, it's tough because we are stuck in a place where we have to decide if he did some shit wrong or not. That shouldn't be the case, right? That should be what they do. Like they investigate it, they find out he sexually assaulted these women, and he gets arrested so that we as the public can just sit here and say, oh, he got arrested. That guy's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah. No, well, look no at no what doubt. happens
2: in college. I mean if this is an allegation that's made when you're a college player, we've seen you- it at Tennessee. You lose your entire life.
1: And Done. that's because you're Title out. 9, Title 9, no, there's there's the Miami 30 for 30 thing when it hit ESPN became a thing where it was a no tolerance thing and you become a, if you're a Title 9 school, meaning even if you are alleged you were kicked out. I had a I had a, rece- I had a running back at in- University of Indiana, Morgan Ellison, freshman, a uh, Big Ten freshman of the year, man. I had him come to Indiana. He actually ran for a lot of yards on Ohio State as a true freshman. Yeah, I remember him. Remember him, yep. uh, Columbus kid. He's from Columbus. Yep, yep. Goes to Indiana. Uh, Australian girl c- claims that he did something. Come to find out, she lied. Came out. Cops never charged him. No charges whatsoever. I knew. I found out the whole thing. I bring him to Indy for me. Big time player. Um, but Title IX automatically boots them. And it, it, there's no getting them back, even when she lies, even when she comes back. And that's the problem. I think it's a, like he said, like Zach said, societal deal or a foundational gr- yeah. ground uh, root issue. You know what I'm saying? It starts at the ground level. And I don't think we've really solved that problem yet. Like these kids should go back to school. Like we're talking about academics and your future. And yet. Somebody lied on your name and falsely accused you. You have to go to JUCO and then go back. And then guess what? Now you have a black eye because everyone thinks you got booted. And now the Power 5 schools, as Zach will tell you, for all the naysayers out there that don't don't understand, if you're a Power 5 school, you stay away from any of those kids that had anything domestic violence-wise. So you stay away Mm -hmm. from it. And that is what it's fucked up to me for these kids because you didn't do anything, you were, were falsely accused, you got kicked out, and now the four-year school won't even look at you because of the narrative. And as you know, perception's reality.
0: I just I, I have I, you know, I have strong opinions about it. I think I think the first thing that needs to happen is there needs to be a punishment for the false accuser. Because no it, yes. I I say it all the time about shit, my ex-wife's one of them. Like A person that makes up a claim when it comes to domestic violence or sexual assault or racism or any of those social issues, social injustices, if you make up a false claim in that realm, you are hurting the actual cause, like diminishing the actual act of violence. And so they should be held accountable. If you do that, you're not going to have all these people out here lying.
1: Yeah.
2: I agree 100%. I have two boys, and if anything were to, uh, it changes your perspective. Mm -hmm. If there's a female that, I mean, ruins my child's life off of an allegation like domestic violence or rape or anything like that, I mean, you just took somebody's life, their future.
0: You saw it getting fucked up. I don't know how long ago. It's been going on a while, but the minute the minute I my alarm started going off is when it was like, all right, two college kids go out. They both get drunk. They have right. sex. The guy gets arrested. It's like, wait, what the fuck? Well, she was not capable of giving consent. It was you like, knew what you were doing. Yeah, and neither was he. Like, mm-hmm. what are we talking about here? You both went out, got drunk, and had sex. Why is one person like, getting arrested?
2: Because there are these women who, oops, I didn't really yeah. want to do that I or now it. yeah. Oh oopsies. No. Yeah, that's I have
1: a female a friend who's a Just lawyer. A I have a regret. female friend who's a lawyer and she, she we talk about this exact same thing all the time. She would disagree, I think, because she's like she she says the same we have the same uh, talk, we have the same disagreement. I it's a tough slippery slope and everybody in the chat is talking about like there's no criminal charges, how is he suspended at all? But this is where the issue is. Goodell came out and said he is a predator. He used the words, the commissioner. And then he put it into a, into a, into a, a basically a senator's hands to rule on it. So it's a slippery slope, man. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it'll ever be fixed. And it's more of a, it's more of a uh, public persona type of thing. And I, I just don't know. Like Brian Banks, a good one, Sean Waffle. Brian Banks went to Long Beach Poly. He, he go, you know, he go, He goes to Oregon or whatever, and then he gets a book. Of, they made a movie about him, a book, Brian Banks' book movie, and uh, he got fucked, and his life basically ended. I mean, he got a shot again. Pete Carroll brought him back because he recruited him to SC out of high school. He brought him back with the with the, with the Seahawks, but he was too old. He he was not, you know, he couldn't play at that level. And he's a kid that got screwed. And how many others get screwed? But nothing happens to the accuser and uh it's
2: like alexander was alex oh gosh alexander uh, johnson h.a johnson
1: oh, same exact
2: situation he
0: was it's, it's it's honestly it's just the process is fucked because you have girls that actually get raped mm-hmm. that nothing happens to the guy and then there's right? times where a girl says she got raped and shit happens to the guy but it wasn't rape it's just so fucked up on both sides that it's terrible
1: yeah it is man and then you get a guy that that bet fifteen hundred dollars and he's fucked for the year you know what I mean? it's like <laughs> right look, it's like fuck dude i, I don't know man it's, it's interesting but you, um
0: hey the nfl showed their ass though They're, they he is a predator a sexual predator not only that a serial sexual predator yeah. but week 12 they play houston and we really want to watch that motherfucker play <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's what they said hey no shit dog hey, I, I don't know man i Who's your final four? Just for shits and giggles, Zach, you're throwing it out there. Four teams in the playoffs. Who you got? I know our top two. We got Alabama, Ohio State. Got to be in the mix. Yeah, Alabama, Ohio State. One, and you know two. what? It's I, fucked up because, like you said, Michigan goes 11-0, and loses last game. They don't get in. But in Alabama goes 11-0, and loses last game, they're in. Oh, yeah. You oh know yeah. how that is. All day, every day. Because Nick you know,
2: Saban is Jesus. Yeah, oh, Yeah.
0: No
1: and it was not only that, though, Sarah. The conference has so much weight right now. It carries so much weight, even though if you really break it down, and, and you you guys go to Minnesota Sports and listen to Zach's show every day, 9 to noon on the East Coast here on YouTube. He talks about it and breaks it down much more than me. But I'm going to be honest. It's not only that he's God. They have the SEC ranked so high top to bottom when, in theory, their lower-tier teams are worse than some of the Pac-12. Vanderbilt? Fucking, you know, until Tennessee Tennessee and Kentucky has just turned it, you know, I would still argue that Washington, Oregon, Cal, not Cal, UCLA has been better in the long term. Even Stanford, before they've fallen a little bit, they were a team that you did not want to play late in the year. And so they're getting 32 personnel, Zach, and run fucking power all day. Who wants to play them? Alabama didn't even want to play them. So, Nobody wants to play them. I don't I know. I just think they get too much hype.
0: Yeah, I mean, the SEC, it's all money-driven. You know how it is. But I mean, they are the, it's the best conference in, in football. That's not debatable. But but it's definitely overinflated, and it's yearly changing, right? There's been years where they, the SEC gets dominated in bowl games by the Big Ten. And it's like, yeah, that's it's an outlier. It doesn't happen often, but you can't just say the SEC's the best every year always. It's like every now and then they're down a little bit. And you, you have to be able to acknowledge, acknowledge that or else you're just – have fan glasses on, but I think the two teams that I'm interested to watch this year, I'm not saying they're playoff ready. Like I said, I I don't know if USC has a defense at all, but USC with the PAC 12 schedule and adding the players that Lincoln Riley added, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. And then Mario Cristobal. I mean, I think he's a really good coach and he has a a veteran quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. I think with as bad as the ACC is Miami could make some noise down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll see. Yeah, you're right. We'll see. I mean they're gonna. It's gonna be them and who? It's Clemson? I mean,
0: I mean, it's, or you're talking about an NC State or someone like? Yeah, you know, Pitt won the fucking thing last year, so anybody can win
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. And then and then Syracuse will knock off someone big every year, and that'll be their only win.
0: Yeah, they'll go three and eight, three and nine, and fucking. But they'll beat like. Clemson.
1: Hey, I got to ask you before I get you out of here. I know you're busy. Uh, Sarah, too, I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to watch the Netflix deal, the Mante tail thing. Um, I I haven't watched it. I'm, I'm, we're supposed to have Mante on the show. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see or hear your take on the deal because I, I coached a couple of his relatives. I kind of knew a little, bit, a little bit about it, but I know he got a pretty fucked up deal on this thing. What Have you guys got to see it or do you know anything about it? I
2: watched it. What do you think? I
1: haven't think? seen it yet.
2: I mean, it's incredible. He's an incredible human being, and I think that he should everybody deserves an apology after all he's went through, but he's he is he's a good guy.
1: You think um, he you think he deserves an apology from everybody? Yeah.
2: Everybody. Absolutely. You've got to understand too it's perception. So everybody's calling him an idiot. Everybody's like how could you not know? Well, this is a kid who truly depended on his faith. I mean, he lives he's a man of God. So he's not thinking the way maybe another guy would who's like, yeah, well, you know, I have this girlfriend and this is the only thing that's on my mind. He's dedicated to football and God. Yeah. So
1: yeah, ooh, Josh, I see you, dog. You got caught by a fafa. A fafa got him. Uh, Sarah. But
2: that that person, I mean, just talk about holding somebody accountable for false accusations or anything. The person who did this to him.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. What what you got planned, Zach, the rest of the week? I know your show's 9 to noon. Uh, make sure everybody follows uh, Zach um, on his Twitter, Instagram, and right here on the show uh, on YouTube. He has Minutes2Sports um, and... Uh, you and you, you and your boy got anything special lined up this week? Are you talking straight college football what, straight, as we get into college it, or what?
0: all week? I'm I'm doing an SEC breakdown tomorrow. I did I talked about Bama a little bit today, and uh, just going through it, man. I, the, this is the week where I like to start talking about it. I let all these other clowns talk about how good USC is going to be on fucking August 1st, and it's like, USC hasn't had a practice yet, so shut up. No like, you don't know what you're talking about.
1: And, and, and to and and counter your act. just talk about what you're talking about. If you're going to follow the leader of this program, Lincoln Riley, tell me when Oklahoma has had a good defense. And man. I can go back to Bob Stoops. They haven't had a good defense. So – uh, he's all about offense. He wants to do it fast. They come from that offense where we're going to go fast, tempo, get it out. We got a great quarterback, we think. Um, let's go fast. And on defense, we don't even care. I'm curious to see a script, Zach. I want to see on fucking what their script looks like and schedule how yeah, much they do you on know, defense.
0: He don't have a script. He's got a fucking note card with some shit scribbled on it.
1: I he, mean, he I team- want to see their team schedule script because I wanna, I'm curious how many board drills they do and tackling drills because oh. I doubt they do any.
0: Well, and I—probably I, not, but I know this much. Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator at USC. He, I worked with him at, at Ohio State, and he's one of the best coaches I've been around. Yeah, yeah. So, and, they, and he's been to D.C. for two years, so I'm looking at it like, this is a Lincoln-Riley problem because he has a big-time
1: D coordinator. Yeah, no doubt. And it's all about the focus, right? Like, special teams, when they're shitty, yeah. I blame the head coach 9,000 times out of 9,000 times because oh. it's how— how invested the head coach is in specials is how good mm-hmm. the specials are. And if you That's don't it. give it time and you don't give them the time, you're going to be shitty. And I agree. I yep. think it's the same with defense. And if you're going to practice yep. more offensive success drills, as me and you know, first and one from the goal line, and we get three down to score, it's just a demoralizer for a defense. You better score. Um, right. But how many scripted practices are in the schedule? How many things are scripted to benefit the offense is my thing on how as the head coach and how he script structures practice because you know it's funny JB this is my favorite story that I've I've heard in, in college football when Bob
0: Stoops was at Florida, right? Steve Spurrier obviously is is an offensive guy. So they would go to 7 on 7. And you know how long it lasted? as long as Steve Spurrier fucking said it lasted. (laughs) There was no periods. There was no time. He would, if if the defense was whooping the offense's ass, he said it would be six plays, and he'd be like, all right, Bobby, you got us today, and he just trot the (laughs) offense to the other field. But if the offense was winning, he would let that bitch go on for 50 minutes, and he'd look over and say, hey, Bobby, you had enough?
1: (laughs) Hey, Leach is similar, though, I've heard. Leach is very similar. I mean, they're going to throw nine balls all fucking day long. They're going to just throw nine balls all day.
0: Look, well, receivers dropping dead. <laughs> well,
1: no shit, right? You're calling timeouts and shit. Um, hey, man, all, everybody, the ticker is on the bottom. Make sure you follow Zach um, over at uh, on Minister Sports, especially on Twitter and Instagram. And It's always a pleasure to have him on this Menace Monday as we talk all things football. Next week will be much more uh, intriguing as we're going to have week one of football to discuss, and hopefully we'll have some video to start showing as far as week to week as we get through this uh, Menace Monday with Zach. So, I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, make sure that you get rid of that white Jeep, brother. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me right, on. Zach. Peace. All right. Um, great job, Zach, showing up. Um, seems that Sarah, well, let's make sure we clap it up for Sarah. She has gotten through some technical difficulties today, and we got to <laughs> applaud her for this. You know, hey, shit happens to the best of us. It's all good. We're going to keep fighting through it. And grind through it. Um, this is me and her first time, you know, basically doing the show together. So I'm sure by week's end, we'll be pros at this shit. So make sure you guys keep coming in. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. Make sure you follow Sarah on Twitter, Instagram, and all thanks Sarah Blake. So make sure uh, you'll see her deal right here on the ticker on the bottom. Um, she's in the ticker um follow her on social media and everything and then also we have a new coach jb show on tiktok make sure you follow that as well as instagram and twitter um the coach at the coach jb show so follow those things and you'll be seeing sarah and myself share all the things from that show as we're putting live clips out there during the show now and making this thing grow so i appreciate everybody coming on we'll have neil Coolin in about 10 minutes um to, to talk all things NFL and change our kind of our mind from college to the NFL. And then we're going to end the show with Matt McChesney, who, who, uh, basically has a training and recruiting facility and he's a former NFL vet played at the university of Colorado and he gets after it. We'll have some videos to show, um, uh, about those things and, and we'll get after it. We'll take some questions. You guys can call in live once we get time. If you're a member, make sure you, uh, if you're a member, you can call in, um, but, uh, Sarah, I appreciate you so far. How are how you, how you getting your feet wet? How you like it? You all right? I'm good. I see you're trying I to see keep your, up uh, with the chat. I see you got this going. You got, oh, your, yeah. you got your deal. Hey, yeah, those are fire. You guys <laughs> better go to Coach Show, uh, CoachJBStore.com. Make sure you head on over there and there's fly merch out there. So go get you some merch. You see her shirt. She's rocking the new JB Show shirt. Go check it out. You can get those, any color, short, fat, skinny, and tall. You can get them all. So go on over there, and you can get a plus. We got all kind of things. Jada, you were supposed to get you a bikini. I don't know what happened to you. I told you we got it in all that. uh, We got them in every size, girl. So you already talked about it. So you better go get you a bikini. Um, Okay, so we started the show over. Uh, Sarah was going to introduce the show. Tomorrow, hopefully, we'll have it up and running where she's going to make a grand entrance and blow this show up with her sweet personality and take-no-shit attitude, by the way, that you have not seen yet. I've seen it a little bit. Trust me. It's out there. But let me ask you this. We were talking about epic failures of our weekend. And we, some of you in the chat heard it because we, we – uh, and then we got cut off. And we had to start over. So I appreciate everybody. Now we're back up to 160 people in here. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. I appreciate everybody in here. Um, Your epic fail, Sarah. Let everybody know on the audio side since we restarted what yours was, and then I'll tell them mine.
2: Okay, so long story short, I'm trying to set up everything in here. Husband has to run to the store late to get another wire. And um, my studio's in the front of our house, so there's a huge window. And I see him pulling up. It's dark outside. He has tinted windows. And I'm, like, waving and goofing off. And I decide that I'm going to flash him. As I do that, the window rolls down. And my son's right there. Damn. So,
1: so you flashed yeah. your son.
2: Oh, my God. Yes, I did. I well, did. My my. I-
1: as a man, and as all men in here, I know it's. we don't want to talk about our kids, but I'm sure your son has seen or will see many worse things in life. So, uh, oh,
2: but this is going to be something he remembers for the rest of his life. Like, oh, my God, my mom.
1: Hey, it might be. It might be uh, a little bit of that, but I'm sure he'll get over it because um, he's going to see many, many worse things, especially if he gets on Twitter and TikTok and everything else. So. Oh. Uh, all right, here's mine. My epic fail, I guess. Uh, I I got the luxury to go on um, Alexis' Texas show live yesterday at her place. And um, we um, proceeded to basically get drunk on my slapdick whiskey. And it will probably be one of her best shows. So you guys stay tuned to Alexis' Texas show Um as we talked all things real life, and it was no holding back, and it would be a great show. Um, so I was live in L.A. yesterday at, on a Lexus Texas show, and I got so fucked up. I, I, it was unbelievable. Um, probably you should eat before you go on her show. Um, I did not eat at all. Um, so I don't know. Did you watch MMA? Did you get to see the kid that was on Pat McAfee's show that talked a lot of shit got kicked? knock the fuck out is what happened to him. I don't know if you saw Usman. He got fucking knocked out. Um, I'm sure there'll be a third fight. But um did you get to see that? Do you watch UFC at all or anything?
2: Um, No.
1: Me either. I'm not a big UFC guy, I'm either.
2: not a big, no.
1: Right. Hector, though, that'll join us on Fridays. Hector is in the show. Uh, he comes in all the time. He does a lot of betting on that stuff. So we'll have a betting segment with him on Fridays. Uh, along with Brandon Lang, who's one of the world's best bettors, um, talk all things college and NFL, but he, uh, man, he, uh, he got kicked the fucking, got kicked by a calf right in his fucking head, so, um, it's crazy, no, TJ, she does have a show, she has a show on YouTube, so go follow her Alexis Texas show right here on YouTube, um, so you know it is what it is. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's not. Yeah, she has OnlyFans, but she has a podcast as well. So um, I don't know. I'm not sure when she launches it. By the way, I'm not sure uh, when she launches that. But and no, I did not hit. Shut the hell up. I'm <laughs> professional. I'm professional. Um, to, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit because this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V and get you 50% off welcome bonus uh as stay tuned because on Thursdays Sarah will give her SEC picks of the week you will not want to miss it as she will be looking she's they're probably gonna be the sexiest picks and I mean picks not pitchers I mean picks that you'll ever see so stay tuned for Thursdays and uh Make sure you have to stay till the end of the show because that's when she'll be giving her SEC picks of the week, which she's done and kind of made famous for, uh, over the last year or so. How how, how long have you been doing that? A year. Okay. So she's been doing it a year. Um, quote of the day. I want to get you guys on the audio side since we started the show off with a bang and got banged. Um, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Uh, I just wanted to reiterate that quote of the day. Make sure you guys got that. Um. Make sure you guys become a member if you're not one. Go over there and check it out. Uh, Poll question. Who is your role model? If you haven't already answered that, drop your comment in the comments. Who is your role model? Mine was my dad. Sarah's was her dad. So dads are positive uh, in this deal. I do have a trivia question about Sarah that she doesn't even know that I'm asking. Oh, gosh. So if any of you guys want to call in, if you're a member, I will put it in the chat real quick. Before we get started, and you can call in, and you can, ask, you, can, you can come in, whoever is the first person. I will drop the trivia on the bottom, and you have to answer it on the spot. And I'm going to ask a two-part question about Sarah. So anyone wants to call in right now, call in. You got three minutes before me and her talk to our next guest, Neil Kulong, who is a NFL analyst, USA Today sports beat writer, who will be joining us too. And we got an action-packed week for you guys, man. We got Roy Williams, Super Bowl champion, former OU um, uh, star. He'll be joining us tomorrow. Um, we have uh, we got Kelly in Vegas, Barstool Better uh, extraordinaire. She'll be on the show this week on Thursday. Um, we have a few other NFL uh, people coming in. And... A lot of people this week. We've got Charles Arbuckle, great UCLA legend, played with Troy Aikman, played in the NFL. He does uh, SEC, uh, South Carolina games, calls those games. He'll be on with us on Friday. We have an MMA star joining us this week as well. Um, He'll be joining us. He actually fought for the belt last month. Um, Marcellus still has not done his contract. I was actually with Marcellus this past week, though, at a big event. Um, So... We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Roy Williams, um, he'll be joining us tomorrow. So um, you guys stay tuned for that. Um, so stay tuned. This show is also brought to you by Canada Dips, As you see, I'm right here on my desk. Make sure you head on over to CannadipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. Make sure you head on over there and do that and use that. Um, sorry, I got my window open and you hear the trash truck driving away um so life never stops by the way I mean, you know <laughs> shit but we got about 12 guests on this week so I'm, I'm excited to get and you know sarah's coming in hitting the ground running you know what i mean even with her even with her uh, boost mobile setup she is <laughs> she's gonna hit this thing the right way so don't don't nobody trip everybody stay there and go for it um i see some of your role models um of course, Eddie said Charles Barkley, of all people, was, is his role model. Is that because oh, he had it. a commercial? Come on now. <laughs> I uh, love
2: Charles.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I do, too. <laughs> I like Charles. Um, and, yeah, Eddie, Roy Williams is actually uh, is the former cowboy, by the way. Um, and he's actually from Oakland, California, and went to Oklahoma, by the way. So, not Roy Williams, the receiver, bro. But leave it to Eddie to fuck some shit up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, what else is going on, Sarah? So, you good? You you you, you got some questions for uh, Neil? He's going to be joining us here in a minute. Um, I'm going to uh, make sure he's calling in here. Um... Make sure. Um, Yeah, I I agree. Um, SEC got dominated in bowl games. I saw that. Uh,
2: It's a down year for SEC.
1: Right. Why though? They scared as a motherfucker, ain't they? They all talk that shit, but they don't want to (laughs) talk. They don't want to even. Nobody called in. We got 150 people in here, a lot of members, and nobody called in to ask Sarah a question. Imagine that. How scared you motherfuckers are. You get to talk to Sarah Blake and ask her a question and win free merch. It's just a question, y'all. And free merch, dog. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, that's that shows you, Sarah. A lot of people are, are scared when it comes down to it. Don't be. Hey, we'll see what's going on. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the, the low block. Uh, I have a video of that low block. We're going to talk to Matt McChesney actually about it because uh, I have my own take on this whole dirty talk that we're hearing from people like Acho on Speak for Yourself, who's actually Marcellus' co-host. He's talking about how dirty the play was. I'm going to talk to uh, Matt McChesney about it. I have my own take on the thing. And, I don't think it's dirty at all. I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's dirty at all. And, um, oh yeah, that's what it is. Let me give, that's the problem. Sorry. I screwed up because we started a new show. Um, let me get this link right here. I got to get this link uh, and send it to him real fast. Um, it's on me. I screwed that up. Um, I hate technology. Christian didn't send me the new link. Um, he had to go run a... Uh, he's going to talk to a, a, a big client, so that's, that's a good thing. Um, I'm so bad at technology. I don't even want to talk to you about it, Sarah, because if I'm bad, then oh I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> let's see. No, Christian sent it, but I don't know what it is. Let me send it to him. Um,
2: Christian's got his hands full with both of us
1: yeah. i know right <laughs> uh, here we go sarah neil's just joining us neil i appreciate you can you hear us yep hear how you doing loud and brother clear. how you doing i'm doing well how are you guys oh man hanging in there we we're, we're facing the first day of a new show uh hiccups and h- hitting some bumps in the road you know but it is what it is we'll be all right i'm i'm uh i'm gonna put your uh information down here on the bottom uh, this is Neil Coulong's. So I don't want to butcher names. I hate doing it. Is that how you say your last name? Is it Coulong? Do you really pronounce it that way? Or is it just one on Coulong? How do you Kulong. say it? Coulong.
3: Coulong? Coulong isn't like the opposite of hot short, as I was told in high school. Which, oh, okay. Um, I got um, you. Now, of those things.
1: What is that? What, what is that background?
3: It's a, it, a French Canadian last name that got changed uh, when my, my dad's uh, side of the family came over the border. Um, it, what we put together is it's Coulomb, C O, what is it? C O L O U M B E. And they heard Coulomb, so they wrote Coulomb down. So it's kind of one of those names that uh, you, it, if you see that name anywhere, they're related to me in some way, shape, or form.
1: Damn. Whoever that happens
3: to be. I, I've seen some in like the Boston area, I've seen some in, in uh, Maine. There are some out in the San Diego area, but uh, we're, we're the Pittsburgh side.
1: Okay, okay. So you're Yinzer, right? I am, <clears throat> through and through. Hey, I appreciate you reaching out to me a while back, man. Because I was trying to get my dog back home. I remember you reached out. I, it sticks out, man. I appreciate that. Um,
3: Did that work out?
1: It worked out. I got her back here, and now, now I'm unfortunately going to have to probably move her again to, and my other boy because there's just too many, uh, you know, roosters in the hen house, so to speak. I got too many <laughs> dogs, and and you know, they're going to end up having issues, man. And eventually, at some point, we're going to have an alpha you know, a play for who's the best alpha and, and everything. So um, it's not good for anybody. Yeah. Dog-wise. So this is Sarah Blake. If you haven't known, uh, we're starting a new show, the Coach A B Show today. So I appreciate you coming off, starting this uh, week off with a bang. And uh, we just had Zach Smith, former Ohio State coach on. And, uh, you know, we, we always talk college football. You're more on the NFL side uh, of things. And so um, you, run a, you run an ESPN radio show, correct, uh, uh, about the Steelers?
3: I did a while back we we uh we were doing a thing um at a station out in central PA uh just going over a, a quick little sounder on uh one particular take of the team that week um the 2 minute drill we called it it was uh, it was a lot of fun i enjoyed that um i always thought about doing something like that again but uh you you, you see enough competition in the market that um I didn't quite get to it we went on two more of the the production side, I write a little bit, not a whole lot, but uh, for the most part, I'm managing uh, the content that we have. We're coming up.
1: I think I'm losing your connection. Did, did you lose us? You might want to start removing, come back. Um, well, what a day, Sarah, we're we having with technology. I think
2: it has to be like
1: it's something's
2: unbelievable.
1: going on. Are you back? I think so, there you go you there tell you me go. did you get a phone call <laughs> sorry
3: i'm uh no i'm I'm turning off every wi fi device that I have. this is like the third time this week it's happening
1: Hey, it's, it must be a it must be a national thing. we're having a uh, somebody's screwing us. I don't know who it is. I don't even <laughs> want to say any names governmentally or politically, so somebody's out there to get us today um is he there
3: i, I think right, so you you tell go. me
1: hey so. What got you into the profession? Were you a former player? Just love of the game? What what got you into this? And then, and then what do you do for USA Today?
3: Love of the game, really. I uh, I, I wouldn't call myself much of a player. Um, I was out there. They gave me a uniform. Um, I, I don't know how good I was it, it, overall, which is to say not really good at all. I, I went into uh, journalism when I got to uh, North Dakota State. That's my alma mater. Go Bison um I, I wanted to learn more about it i thought at that point what my best route would be was to, to learn more about the game itself so i i was working with um i, I was kind of like lower than an equipment manager on the team and that my here's what i did honestly um my job essentially was to go get pizza mountain dew and chew for the defensive coaching staff oh, for a sunday night film review and my reward for doing that was I got to sit in the room in the corner, not say a word, and listen to, to what they were going over. And it was Greek to me at that point. Looking over it, um, you, you probably know Gus Bradley, right? The, oh, yeah. the former Jaguars coach. He was the defensive coordinator at NDSU at that point. And he would lead the conversations uh, with everybody, you know, going over this and that and the other thing. I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about, but I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So I, I wanted to learn more about it. Um, What I really learned was, unless I wanted to get into coaching, I didn't probably need to know the game at that level, but what I wanted to do with that was make it entertaining, make it fun, um, accessible, enjoyable. I probably don't need to tell you this, but there isn't a game in the world that's as complicated as football is. I think there, to to some degree, yes, it is simple. It's about blocking and tackling, but when you dig into it, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and it's really hard to understand that. with all due respect to people that watch the game, it, it's great that the game has fans, but most of them have no idea what they're looking at. They know after a while what they think they're looking at, and that becomes the fact to them. I really wanted to learn it um, at a detailed enough level to be able to explain it and make it enjoyable at the same time. Because a lot of that, it's like you, you dig into it. It's like computer science. After a while, it's like this is really complicated. People aren't going to find a whole lot of fun with that. So I, I wanted to make something enjoyable um, and I, I've always looked to do that. And in the end, I found uh, it was easier for me to identify people that could and uh, work with them and try to, to take the highly complex and make it very simple, make it digestible for people to dig into and uh, enjoy at a deeper level than just fantasy football stats. You know, that, that's really kind of the bane of the existence, I think, of the technical side. There, there's a lot to the game that's a lot of fun that's really enjoyable uh, that doesn't have to be about. Um, you know, just the, the, the side game. X There's another an game within a game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's, just, it, it's, it's fun to a degree, I think, and I do enjoy it, but there are a lot of people that don't and don't understand it. So
1: it's interesting you say that. Cause a lot of people don't understand that. Um, people understand. So basketball is five on five. You got a you gotta a two, two, one zone. You got a two, three zone and on offense, you got motion, you got pick and roll and that's basically you know, there's a lot of finite details, switching, and other things. But basketball, there's only so much you can do. It's all been figured out or done by now. In football, when you have 11 humans, um, the the amount of things you can do, the actual math equated, if you do the math on all this thing, the things you can do with 11 people, it's unbelievable. It's infinite. It's infinite. And uh, I don't think people realize that. I heard Pete Carroll talk about it years ago, and it's just like there's always going to be something. Even though we steal from each other and we massage it into our own, you know, we took the wishbone, we put the quarterback in the shotgun, and now we're running it from the shotgun. That's basically what that is, right? We've taken bits and pieces. We took Bill Walsh's West Coast offense, and we've thrown that into now in the gun, running it faster and tempo and no huddle. It's all kind of the same, but you can do new things every single year because of that number 11 uh, of people. And it's, it's interesting that people don't understand how complex it gets, especially O-line protection, offensive especially. line. When the protection with the, the center, like I always say, the center is so crucial and critical, <laughs> making so many different calls at the line of scrimmage especially not only with the defensive coordinators now in the NFL are getting so smart and doing so many things as far as, you know, they're dropping guys like Aaron Donald into coverage because he's so athletic and then they bring the safety and now the center's whole protection schemes change at the fly because a D lineman dropped. But we still have to account for our numbers in the box. So people don't realize how complex it is and, and, and that's why quarterbacks get so much money for making those checks. Um, so it's interesting you said that. It's a good point. Um, what I want to ask you this: What's a, what's your Stillers' passion? Is this is because uh, obviously a Yenzer growing up in it, and you just said I want to do a, a show about them, um, or did you just? Is it just like would you be like castrated if you like the Ravens? <laughs> um,
3: some on my side would say you better hope that that's what you you would expect. Um, I'm not sure if it's quite that intense, but the thing with Pittsburgh is it's, uh, it's as community-oriented and civic-minded a town as you're going to find anywhere. I know that everybody says this, but it really is not like anywhere else on earth. And the, the lifeblood of that is their sports teams, and the Steelers are, are the king of that for sure. Um, we were probably more of a baseball family growing up. But you heard stories of the steel curtain. My dad got teary eyed during Mike Webster's Hall of Fame induction. You you grew up with that sense of this is everything to you. This is your community. This is what you're a part of. And we grew up in Minnesota for the most part. You know, my, my parents, uh, my dad, his job got moved around a little bit when we were younger. An entire generation of people in Pittsburgh that happened to when the steel industry kind of died back in the 70s. We got moved around, but we always stuck true to that Pittsburgh passion. So it was always like, this is home. This is where your roots are. This is where your family is. And that all, no matter who you are in that area, in, in the four one two in general, your, your roots go back to the Steelers in some way. Everybody knows somebody that was at the game, the Immaculate Reception. Everybody knows somebody that was at a Super Bowl. It, it's, it's all a part of the, the local legacy, and it's part of the flavor of having been from there. I grew up more in what we would call the Ben era of um of, of of Steelers you know legacy they, they won two Super Bowls with Ben it um it reignites that passion it's probably not the same as it was during the 70s but the the same kind of community feel comes out your your tailgate parties are very locally flavored um kielbasa uh uh, uh chipped ham all of that it very much um the flavor of the city the one that uh parents for the most part in my generation had left and always wanted to go back just the work wasn't there but the steelers were always there and for me i grew up at a time right before uh nfl sunday ticket we trekked from the western suburbs of minneapolis to st paul which is like 30 miles to this one bar that had a satellite dish and a bunch of displaced pittsburgh workers from the airport there was an airline that got moved from from pittsburgh to minneapolis They all went to this bar after work and they convinced the owner to uh, get get the satellite dish and get the Steelers games. So we found out that they were playing Steelers games there and we figured we'd go in with like 10, 12 other people. It was packed. There were like 125 people in in freezing Minneapolis ready to watch the Steelers play with that. That's that's the Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd era uh, slash Cordell Stewart. Um, those, those AFC championship games, they fell short, that brutal loss to the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. We, we watched all that in, in true Yinzer fashion, just nowhere near Pittsburgh. Then technology comes out when I get to college. You're able to watch games everywhere you go, and it just kind of takes off from there. It really just becomes a, a, a cultural thing. For me, I, I was big into football. I knew I wanted to be a writer. I enjoyed the, the work that I was doing in media. The main thing for me always was the, the separation between Uh, Steelers football and career. I never blended those two things together because I I just never thought that that was ever going to be possible. And, you know, thank you to the internet hacks like me can get a job and and kind of work their way up. So what we did with USA today was uh, we, we started a network of sites uh, dedicated specifically to teams. And I had started that uh, with our Steelers site, Steelers wire. Uh, We built that up. It did well. We decided to expand it a little bit. Those sites did well. And now we have the whole league and we cover, um, NBA and, and, and college as well. And we're still going to keep growing with that. But the, the root of it is a, a, a diehard Steelers fan who enjoyed writing and had the ability to follow the team from wherever he was. That, that's it, it's. I've always wanted to keep the spirit of that going. It, it's very much a family thing. I have a daughter now. I don't know how big into football she is, but she's absolutely going to know what uh, being from Pittsburgh is like. We just moved back to Minneapolis uh, this past winter. She She grew up for the most part in Pittsburgh, still has a little bit of an accent in fact.
1: Wow. Sarah, who's your team?
2: Uh, Titans.
1: Oh, shit. A lot of history there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Good game, Steelers and Titans. I know. Those were battles. I know. Always battles. Those are two black and blue teams. Uh, and Speaking of black and blue, you're in the black and blue division, right? AFC North. Um, and it's funny. I got a hell of a Yenzer following, uh, probably because of Pat McAfee show and other things. Um, like that but do you think the connection that for someone like me um, and yourself for like gravitating towards me is it you think it's because the blue collar nature the steel mill the getting your hands dirty mindset that that town has is probably why a guy like me has a good following from that town
3: I think so I I think there's definitely a a tell it like it is mentality that comes from Pittsburgh Um, it's Arguably, the most famous brand in all of sports. They're they're typically successful to some degree, depending on how you want to define that. But the 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 spirit of that is that you know the Jack Lambert, it, no nonsense, tough, get the job done mentality, which was reflected by the people, um, and that's still there. Two generations, you know, past the the, the steel mill industry, uh, kind of going away from Pittsburgh, people are still like that. It, it's it's a blue collar mentality because that's how you were raised. And I think um, your persona. Reflects well in Pittsburgh. Now, it, it, keep in mind, I, as far as playing goes, I played in Minnesota. Now, I know that you 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 got Jermaine Johnson from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, but compared to California, Texas, Florida, Minnesota isn't really it. You know, it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> um, I think part of that is I didn't realize this until I got to Pittsburgh, but they're 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 playing kindergarten through second grade in full pads. I didn't realize they were doing that at that level. We didn't play football until fourth grade in minnesota and we played with pads but you watch it and and for the most part it's kids running around with eight pounds of of plastic on their heads and they can't really control what they're doing i swear in pittsburgh though it's like they they trained for this they prepared for it they could all move and they had coordination and it's just very much in the culture to be tough to want to play this game and i i think just for for my part my observations you stick to that. I think that that's what you hold players accountable for. That's the style of football that you root for. And I, that is universal. Um, I, I think people that really want that tend to find themselves rooting for, for big, nasty D in Pittsburgh. You know, whether it's Bill Cowher, whether it's Mike Tomlin, they, they've put together a high level Hall of Fame defensive players. They certainly have offensive accolades as well, but it's always been about the toughness, the nastiness of playing tough guy football. Big boy pads coming out and, and playing the game the way that it's meant to be played.
1: No doubt, no doubt.
3: Sarah, you. So I your-
1: have a question.
2: Yep. Um, so being in Minnesota, is the culture up there more hockey, or is it evenly split with football and hockey?
3: I would say it, it's like this: your you're pro sports fans are pro sports fans, and, and the NFL rules everything. That, that's going to be the biggest for a long time. When it comes to like that familial connection western pa versus minnesota it's the same level of hockey here uh, in minnesota as it is with football in in pittsburgh ohio that that area it's more they grew up playing hockey whether they were good or not or they they followed any of the teams that they've had they played a lot of hockey they were they were emotionally invested in hockey Uh, one of the biggest events of the year is the state high school hockey tournament um. Not many states can say that, but they there was a time they were putting over over the course of a weekend, 200,000 fans in in the seats of the entire tournament. Um, boys and girls. Now it's even even bigger. It's more popular. Um, they are very much rooted in hockey from that that cultural perspective. Uh, as far as the fanship goes, I think something it might have something to do with the fact that. Pro hockey teams haven't been really good here in a while. Right. Uh, they're probably not into it as much as um, certainly as, as Penguins fans are in, in Pittsburgh. They're they're huge into that. Right. Um, it helps when you have Sidney Crosby and you have a, a Cup contending team most of the time for the last fifteen years or whatever it is. Uh, the Wild haven't been very good for however long. People here don't really have any faith in them continuing to be good. But as far as what their connection is, they grew up playing hockey. Their their family all played hockey. Their dad taught them how to play hockey. Um, the spirit of that is is absolutely the same. Uh the, the fandom level uh, as far as the pro teams go is definitely not. Uh they're a different breed. <laughs> Western Pennsylvania is a different group of people.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Sarah, I don't know if you're a Trubisky fan or not, but no. is he the guy is he the guy right now, uh Neil, or is he a is he a band aid on a bullet wound? He's uh he's a guy.
3: Um he's he'll be guy. out there. He'll he'll start. Um, I, it, right now, honestly, the, the best thing that we've seen out of Mitch Trubisky is his ability to escape from an offensive line that is somehow even worse than what I think we thought it was going to be. Uh, he's done some amazing things in the pocket trying to, to buy time and get out and make a play. But in the end, you're, you're not doing much if you don't have any protection at all. I don't, it doesn't matter how fast you are. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is not Lamar Jackson. He can't make 18 yards out of nothing. He's not going to be able to do that consistently. Um I don't know what Trubisky can do as a passer. We have not seen great opportunities for him to do that. But in in very limited opportunities that he's been given, I thought he's looked decent. Yeah, you know, He's okay. I've never expected him to be better than kind of that mediocre level. Um, the salary they paid him is is definitely that of a Band-Aid over a bullet wound. Um, the, the length of the contract they gave him is definitely fitting of, of a, a decision next year, not a long-term guy. And the fact they drafted a quarterback in the first round doesn't suggest they expect him to be a long-term option. Can he come in and and make hay with this offense? I don't know. Uh, The offensive line really at this point has been that bad. So I'm not sure. Um, I I think he's done what they've asked him to do up to this point. I don't think he's a 5,000-yard guy. I don't think he's going to be throwing 45 touchdowns. But uh, he can make some plays here and there. I've been impressed with a few of the things that he's done. He's read the field well. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but by and large, he's going to have bad games. Uh, he'll have a couple good games, but there will be, there will be games where the the postgame call and show will be lit up with Trubisky criticism for sure.
2: So do you think that Kenny Pickett will finish the season?
3: I think that's a good question. I I would say right now you've got three quarterbacks in there. If they keep Mason Rudolph and the way their offensive line has been, I think all three of them are going to get hurt and probably a, a fourth that we don't even know right now will get hurt. Uh, behind the way that this line is going to play, so um, I think Pickett it, Pickett has looked really good. And the way that I would describe Pickett, and I, I love your thoughts on this too, JB. I don't know what you watched him, but Pickett is the kind of guy to me that, that the sum of his whole is greater than the sum of his parts. If you take him down one thing at a time, he's not going to blow you away with arm strength. He's not. You know, he doesn't have elite speed or quickness. He, he's good in all these areas to average to good in all these areas. He puts it together, and he plays a lot better than he might look in any individual test. I I really think the Steelers see that in him. I know I've talked to people inside um, Pitt's athletic department that say anybody in this building would run through a wall for the guy. If he asked them to, they would. He's that kind of leader. I think he he demonstrates that on the field. He's got a real sense of of moxie about him. Um, A lot of these intangible kind of, you know, junky over-evaluation types of traits come out you know I you don't want to over praise him for these things but it looks to me like he's a great leader it looks to me like he, he makes the right reads he did some great things I thought on Saturday so for me it's hard where I'm sitting right now to think he's not going to get an opportunity and I'm not wishing for injury for anybody but I I think he's looked a lot better than I thought he was going to And I thought it was the right pick at 20 I think that that's the kind of guy you have to take um I, I think it's going to be kind of tough. I don't think Trubisky's good enough to just hang on to, to a job over 17 games when you have an, an able-bodied backup. I, I think it, it would not surprise me if Pickett gets in. I don't think uh, Trubisky will run the table with this team. I'm not sure if they're better than seven wins, but if they lose a bunch in a row and Trubisky isn't playing well, you know, one thing that uh, people will say that we haven't seen of Mike Tomlin is his ability uh, to to identify when he needs to yank a starting quarterback because he had Ben Roethlisberger. It's like, all right, well, playing musical chair, Mason Rudolph, and something called Duck Hodges, he, he benched both of them at different times. I don't think he's going to have a, a, a slow trigger, not with a first-round pick, who's played really well in the preseason. So I, to answer your question, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets in. I wouldn't predict that per se, but... I really like what I've seen of Pickett to this point, and I'm excited because I, I think with what we 've seen now, it pretty much guarantees trubisky's not on the team next year, right. and at that point, when do you stop? you know do you need to have pickett certainly in week one, Pickett's going to be your guy or excuse me trubisky's going to be your guy in week one, but at one point, do you pull the trigger and and give the rookie a shot? I think that's a good question right, right.
1: now and I got some outside the box question on that based on how shitty their old line is um. And based on the fact that a Stafford's ailing, we don't know really what's wrong with him. We don't know what else happens in the league, especially Seattle possibly having some issues there. I think Mason Rudolph is a tradable commodity. But do they get rid of him because of the fact that you talked about their O-line being so bad? Can you afford to get rid of Mason Rudolph but I think Mason Rudolph is on the radar of some teams that may need a starter in the middle of the season that can take them from point A to point B that's better than what's on their roster. I think he's better than what's on Seattle's roster right now. I, I, I actually think Mason's decent. Um, I think Mason is the starter uh, halfway through this season. And I to answer your question on, on the rookie – I'm not a, I think he has the it factor, I guess is what I would say. I don't believe he has anything that's going to tell me he's going to be a sustainable starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's that guy. I think he has the it factor, though, which guys like to run through a wall for him, like you said. I think he has some leader intangibles and shit like that. I don't, I don't think he's the guy um, beyond that. In and, and the NFL, you can stop the it factor guy. If the it factor guy doesn't have the skill set to succeed, and I think he's going to hit a wall skill set wise um, eventually, which is going to which is going to come to a you know a screeching halt for him um, at the NFL level. So I think Mason Rudolph's going to be the starter there uh, when Trubisky comes to find out. You know he's just a guy, just a, a jag. We like to call him my next guest. We're going to talk about that, but jags just means just another guy. And that's what he is. You know what I mean? And that's what I think he is. Um, and so I agree. I, I, I don't think he sticks out with anything um, arm strength-wise, size-wise. Just one of those guys, a Josh Allen or a guy that can get away from things and still throw down the field like a Burrow can. Um but leading on to that uh, segue, where, where do you see the AFC North black and blue league? Literally, uh, with the you know, literally, can it be a black and blue league? Do you think the Ravens are the team to beat, or is it Cincinnati head and shoulders just because of what's on their roster and how Joe Burrow, what he brings to the table week in and week out? Um, and- one thing, I, one thing, as far as the AFC
3: North goes, you, you can't ever bet against the Ravens. Um, it, it's really hard to do that. They're, they're a competitive team year in and year out. They had a, a historic amount of injuries last year. Um, they're primed to, to kind of rise back up. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Jamar Chase fan. I absolutely love what Cincinnati did defensively. I think they, they got utterly robbed by the media as far as the, the total lack of credit their defense got last season. They all put it – nothing against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did not play nearly as well as he was made out to have played not in not in the face of their defense, the way that defense played in four games of, of their playoffs, yeah. you know came up just a little bit short. They were phenomenal for all but the, the first half of that Chiefs game. They were absolutely phenomenal. They did a great job as a unit. Can they repeat that? That's a really hard act to follow. And I'm not suggesting at all that Joe Burrow is not capable of doing that, but he was not the the top guy. In, in that sense can he carry the team to do this again they were a 10 and 17 they were a four seed nobody was looking for them to make the run that they made I don't think they were favored in any of the games they played, with the exception of, of the Raiders in, in uh, the wild card round can they repeat what they did I don't know I will say this I saw them kick three kinds of crap out of the Steelers twice last season uh, utterly embarrassed them, and they looked like they were clicking on all cylinders in those games. Well, we saw them lay eggs. They they weren't a dominant team. They weren't great um, it, leading into the playoffs. Can they go toe to toe with Baltimore over the course of the season? I don't know. I, I me, where I sit right now, I'm probably going to take Baltimore just because I'm I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the, the perennial champs over the challengers right now. Um, Cincinnati is a very good team. They have a great roster. There's a lot of things going for them. And the funny thing is. Uh, the whole Deshaun Watson situation screws everything up because Cleveland might have the best roster in the league when Watson is back. Yeah. So can they keep it close and competitive to make a run uh, late for a division title for a wild card spot? Um, they're, they're a good team. They're a good roster team. There are a lot of things going for them. Um, I, th- I don't think this is Pittsburgh's year necessarily. I think they have the ability to, to maybe steal a couple wins from those teams. So maybe they're there to kind of wreck things for everybody, but for me, right now, I'd probably pick Baltimore
1: overall, but it's going to be
3: very close. It'll be a very, very close competitive division.
1: And I know, and I appreciate you coming on. And, and before I get you out of here, I got to get your take. Uh, Deshaun Watson, eleven games, good, bad, and different. Uh, what a mess! What do you think?
3: <laughs> it uh, you get into these problems because everybody wants the NFL to be the the, the legislative body that they're not. Uh, Jerry Jones famously said, we don't want to hire police officers here because when we do, we have to use them. And I think that's kind of the situation that they found themselves in. It's hard for the NFL to not hold as much as they can Deshaun Watson accountable. That's why they asked for a year long indefinite minimum year long indefinite suspension. And they were probably going to fine him because the fine that comes out of that suspension isn't worth anything to him um, in, in, in the first year. They wanted to do a lot more. They also have a collective bargaining agreement in place because of times that they might have tried to go heavy-handed with other players that landed them you know, on, on the negative side of the court of public opinion. I don't know what the NFL could have done, but one thing I always fall back on is the NFL didn't do this. Okay, Deshaun Watson did. Um, if there's justice in the world, that's what you want. Go after the legal system. It's not the NFL's responsibility to legislate. All right. They don't make the laws. Within their league, they find them five million dollars, which is way higher than any other player that they've done. Eleven games was hard fought for them. They still wanted a year. And the precedent that was was handed down by them in the past didn't give them a reason to give them any more than than six, which is what Sue Robinson decided. So the whole thing is the result of collective bargaining. And I'm not going to say at all that's a bad thing, but this is an unfortunate circumstance that the NFL was not a, a wizardly enough to have written down in their collective bargaining. Anytime that a player is accused 26 times of sexual misconduct, he gets this amount of punishment. That's ultimately what happened here. The fact that they don't have that written down and they've never encountered this, thank God, that this specific issue before. They don't have precedent for it. So it's really hard uh, to, to mandate any type of punishment uh, beyond what they tried to do, that's the process they agreed to. So, um, unfortunately, it's not—it's not really on the NFL. But as far as Deshaun Watson goes, and yeah, I'll tell you, I—I have a real tough time giving up that much capital, guaranteeing that much money to—to to my franchise quarterback, who, to put it mildly, ought to know better. It, you ask anybody around the league, they'll tell ya, you, get, you get—you get one masseuse, you kind of use that masseuse because that's the one that does the job that you right. need to do. They're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So to, to suggest that this wasn't, I hate to use the word, but predatory to me is really hard to buy. So I couldn't have that guy in my locker room, let alone be the guy that I absolutely cannot get rid of for the next five years. I, I just, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Um,
1: uh, <clears throat> I hear you. I, I don't know what
3: good comes of this, but that's just what it is to me.
1: No, I hear you. Man, make sure you guys follow Neil Kulong, uh, senior NFL reporter USA Today at Neil neilkulong.com. Uh, on twitter make sure you guys follow him and give him a shout neil i appreciate you coming on man i really do hopefully we can do it again talk some football during the season uh, as the nfl gets underway and see how uh the the yenzers do and uh who can win that black and blue league this year it'd be interesting to see um wish you got i wish you the best man i appreciate you joining me and sarah today and uh we'll have to do it again absolutely thanks for having me guys thanks neil no further ado, we got to get right to my main man, um, Matt McChesney. Hey, Sarah, you thrown into the fire today. You, you got <laughs> Boost Mobile, and, and we uh, we figured out all this technical shit, and we started late, and now we got to get Matt on this thing. Um, I'm going to put his ticker on the bottom. Make sure you guys give this next man a follow. He's going to come and join us right now. No further ado. Matt, what's up, brother?
4: What's happening, y'all? How are you doing?
1: Man, I'm good, man. I appreciate you hanging in with us, man. Um, 6 Zero Academy, at 6-0 Academy. Make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter, man. Uh, College Football Recruiting and Development uh, City's got his own thing going. Um, appreciate you coming in, man. I, I saw you rubbing your face in there, man. I, I know you're hearing all this shit going on. Uh, we got all kinds of shit to talk about, man. I, I, I got to start the show off, though, um, by showing the crew who you are. And if they don't know who you are, I, I've, I've been sent videos by you from, from a lot of fans. And they were like, you got to get Matt on the show, coach, and da-da-da. I want to share everybody, and even Sarah, uh, for everybody's watching, I know you guys are in here. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, make sure you follow Matt. Um, take a look at Matt's video that, that struck something in me and, and, and made me instantly have uh, a liking for this man. So take take a look at this video of Matt talking about not only the young youth right now, but our culture in general. Take a look.
4: I had the crazy shit happen to me today. I had a guy sign up yesterday, college player, small school, said he wanted to get better. Came in this morning, started doing the warm-up, the rope, the body weight, the stretch, get the heart rate up before we start our technique work, and he dropped the ropes in the middle of the second set, looked at me and said, I don't need to do cardio. This is bullshit, and got his stuff and walked out, and I don't refund nothing. I'm telling you, this generation, not all of them, but a lot of them, are the most entitled fucking punks I've ever met. You better man up, because the rest of the world doesn't give a fuck. This isn't just about football. It's about learning discipline and character and pushing through shit that you don't want to do. Some of you guys are just softer than baby shit. You couldn't knock a sick whore off of a piss pot. Man the fuck up, or go play a different game. Don't come here with that soft
1: bullshit. Man, I loved it. I thought I did it too. Hey, Sarah loves it. You know we're in the game. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I say it on my intro video. We got to eliminate this soft-ass society. I, I I just don't understand. I love that you don't give any refunds. Um,
4: I, no refunds.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Um, no. Nope. I love it. I love it. So what happened in that scenario, man? A kid just came, couldn't want to go through the warm-up. So look, look, I'm here. I'm hubbed in Denver, and... Colorado
4: is a flyover state, and it's been a flyover state for years, but there is a lot of talent here. And in my opinion, it's hobby ball a lot of the time. 95% of the time, it's hobby ball. And I tend to think of this game as extremely violent, and the right people should play it, not necessarily everyone. And I really, I'm of the mindset that if you walk into my facility after 14 years of doing this, and. 400 plus full scholarship players and 10 guys in the league and just the amount of respect that we've earned over this time period. And you walk in and you know what the place is. You've done your research. At least you tell me you do. And I grill everybody's ass real hard when they sit down with me, whether you're with your parents and you're a high school kid or you're a college kid or even a pro. Everybody that walks in it's just, you need to be on time, you need to pay your bill, you need to show up and invest in yourself, and if you fuck around with this, I don't have time for your prima donna bullshit, whether you're a high school kid, a college kid, or a not-for-long NFL player. I played for six years, I played both ways, my back gave out on me, and that was it. Not for long. That's what the NFL means. So if you're going to try and make this your profession, your earning potential is, now with nil and everything man it starts at 15 16 years old so you've got to look at yourself as a small business okay. and this is like the same the same message i'm trying to get across to these kids so this young guy walks in he's three years out of high school he's going to be a red shirt sophomore at a division two II or three school i can't remember where he said he was going and i don't give a shit either like i don't care if you're a d3 player i don't care if you're naia some of the best players in nfl history were from small schools if you can fucking play they will find you and especially if you have a grunt mentality and you just show up at work and you don't really give a shit and you'll be nasty they're gonna find a spot for that guy that's exactly what the nfl is looking for they love grunts so this kid signs up, He pay and look, I'm very blunt in my meeting. I'm like, I'm not going to refund a damn thing. The minute you pay this, if you have a shitty day and I'm on your ass, get the fuck over it and come back the next day. Don't be a bitch and quit. So he agrees and pays his fee, and his dad calls me, and we have a good talk, and yada, yada, yada. And, of course, the father's like, my kid's the hardest worker, and he doesn't quit, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. And we get them in the next day, and I put everybody through a pretty rigorous workout with body weight ropes and hammers and body weight. Because I want to see, especially as a big guy, you know this coach, and I'm sure you know this also. 95% of big dudes are soft as fucking butter. Warm butter, no less, which is awful. And I think that especially with big kids, when they're they don't get challenged because they're big. But they're also told all the time, be nice, you're really big. So it's like a double standard. And I'm of the mindset that there's a savage in all of you. You just got to pull it out. And especially these days, these kids are toxic masculinity and all this other bullshit that's going on in the world. And in this game, I need you to be prepared mentally to get hurt and also deliver pain on a regular basis. And there's no fucking way around it. And the soft do not survive, as you know. So we get about halfway through the opening set <laughs> and this little fuck looks at me and goes, I don't need to do this and just drops the shit and walks out. It's super disrespectful in front of like 10 other kids that are in the program working their ass on. And the guys in the program are like, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And it was, he was yelling and screaming and acting like a, a five-year-old and I after, after I got done like, leave, motherfucker, I laughed my ass off about it. I'm not going to lie. But it just it goes, look, this generation gets a bad rap, in my opinion. There's a lot of kids that really want to bust their ass and are utilizing social media correctly. And they're smarter than I was when I was my age. And they're not out drinking and smoking and chasing ass constantly. They're really focused on what they want. But then there's a huge group of people that like demonize hard work and everyone's equal and look we are we're all equal but we're not the fucking same and i'm so and that's something that herm ever taught me when i was a rookie he said he called me 95 he'd be like hey 95 you can't hit curtis martin you're equal but you ain't the same you ain't Curtis martin and i'd be like no got doubt. a good point herm i'm not Curtis martin <laughs> no so doubt. i try and take that into what we do at six zero and yeah we're hardcore in a soft society And yes, we're opinionated and I I know I'm right and I'll die on this hill. And the guys who, this is how I know I'm right. The guys who stay the course end up being Phil Lindsay and Dalton Reisner and Billy Turner and Connor McGovern and Ryan Jensen and Ben Garland and the 400 plus kids in college and the starters all over the college football landscape in the NFL. And the guys that don't and the guys that quit on themselves end up being bankers (laughs) and they were that's the thing though as you know coach they were already bankers bro they were just dressing up like football players for a little bit or account and this bitch ain't halloween i mean halloween's at the end of october (laughs) it's not every single friday and saturday
1: hey some people just want to wear the fucking jersey man they think it gives them girls it thinks it, it does all this shit i you can't be more right man i i i I agree with you. Uh, so you run a developmental facility there, um, Matt McChesney. Make sure you guys follow him. Played in the NFL six years. Does a lot of training for a lot of NFL guys out there in Denver. Um, what what got you into this? Is this your passion? You wanted to do this, uh, and, and do you see yourself doing this forever? Is this the passion, even on the, even as it's transcending downward, so to speak, um, with the with the softness? Do you do you see yourself continuing to? preach and fight the good fight
4: because oh, I, I have to there's only one way to do this look you can for example did you see the clip of uh cave thibodeau today like everybody's freaking out because he got cut blocked
1: right hey, so look right before you say anything let, let me show i want to show it real quick because I, I, I gotta yeah, talk show about this it. Clip. i want to show the clip real quick that he's gonna because i i had this on the discussion board with you i thought it was a great time to talk but here's a clip real quick
4: everybody look at this
1: I'm gonna, I'll, and I'll show it a few times. So di, this, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. I'll show it one more time. I want everyone to see this and every because this is the thing. I want you to read the caption by this cat, Acho. He says, this is ridiculous, dangerous, and cowardly, straight cowardly. Oh. Praise, prayers up. Um, oh my God. I dude. don't but, see. And then, and then, of course, a lifelong
4: defensive lineman would be like, oh, he's cat blocking me. What a shocker. So, look, I I, I played defensive line my entire career at Colorado, all Big 12, and got to the NFL. It was awesome. And after my second training camp, I sat down with Eric Mangini and Mike Tannenbaum and the great Bill Callahan. And I was like, why in the hell is Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, in the meeting? I'm a defensive lineman. And they are like, Matt, you're the last guy we're cutting. Do you want to play defense or do you want a job? And I was like, I guess I'll take a job. And they were like, you're a guard. And I was like, fucking cool. And that was about the end of the conversation. And I went and played offensive line for four years. Look, there's this thing. There's a drill that we do in practice. Since my 12-year-old does it at football practice every day, it's called playing the cut block. And if your dumbass can't play a fucking cut block, your knee is going to go boom because I am searching for your quad. I am going 100 miles an hour at the quad. It is not the blocker's fault that he's doing his job. It's Thibodeau's fault for being a pass rusher and not being able to play the fucking run, and that's the bottom line. And everybody is like, I'm like, what, are we going to take cut blocking out of football? You already took the high-low out of football. Anybody that played in our era, there's nothing worse than beginning high load. But at the same time, it made me read my fucking key real fast, I'll tell you that. So when that key flashes, I'm gone with it because I'm not letting the tackle chase my heel. So, look, the game is supposed to be played fast and violent, and every time you go slow and lethargic, you get fucking hurt. And this kid didn't read his key. Thibodeau didn't step down with the tackle when he stepped down. He didn't read the scissor formation out of 12 personnel or 11. The tight end was off the line of scrimmage, so that's a scissor tight end. That zone action away, and they wrap the tight end around, and they either cut you. Or they set it up for play action, and he fakes the cut and rolls out to the flat. So if Thibodeau, who's a top-ten pick, doesn't know that, it's either on the coaching or the fact that training camp's soft or all these fucking guys want to do is rush the passer. Learn how to read a key or get your knee blown out. That's the option.
1: And I I, I said, this is fucking exactly what I said. I'm just like, it's split-flow zone. You're, <laughs> what it is. You don't take the air out. He don't take the air out at all when the tackle goes in to go get the mic. So he's fucking... You see a replace? It's a replace. I mean, fuck! How hard is it? And you're the best it's there not is. Hard. How about you hurdle him by putting your hands on his back and jump over him? You're the number ten pick or whatever. You're the freak of nature. You grew up out here in L.A. I got just to see in high cut, school. Dog. Just it's just like play cut. yeah, like homie, you getting and then look how softly you go in, and it's like. Look at his pad. Try,
4: and he doesn't try and wrong arm it either. That's no, wrong arm. So, yeah. Where's your wrong arm? No look wrong how arm.
1: low. He's soft.
4: Yeah. And he's just, he's sitting there waiting to be hit. And in the NFL and look in college football and high school football and seventh grade football, if you wait to be hit, I'm going to hit your ass as hard as I fucking can every single play until my body gives out and I can't play anymore. Like, And that's, I think that's really the difference in this Getting back full circle to saying if I want to keep doing this. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for going on 14 years. We've had a ton of success. But I I have gotten to the point where I'm like, I get burned out trying to convince people to work hard when we've stacked guys into ranks. When they walk in with a goal and they say, like, for example, the starting left tackle at Texas A&M is a three-star left tackle from Fossil Ridge High School in Fort Collins, Colorado. His name's Trey Zune. He's going to start as a retro freshman for Texas A&M this year. And if 10 or 5 years ago, if you would have told me when Trey Zune walked in that he'd be the starting left tackle at Texas A&M, I would have said, I believe you, because that was his goal when he walked in. So now that he's worked it into fruition, there's like I read articles because I want to know how they're thinking. And they're like, oh, I can't believe that this three-star kid, because Texas A&M just spent $40 million fucking bucks, regardless yeah. of what Nick are say. They just spent $40 million to get a recruiting class, right? So there wasn't a three-star recruit in that recruiting class, essentially. And this kid's a three-star from fucking Fort Collins flyover, Colorado, right? And his development and his work ethic worked him into now being the starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman at Texas A&M. And you know this. If he plays good for two or three years, he is a first-round fucking tackle from Texas A&M at left tackle, period. Especially starting there at left tackle, the last one to do it as a redshirt freshman was Luke Jokel, and he was a first-rounder. And he sucked, but he was still a first-fucking-rounder, and he got it back. Yeah. So yeah. I look at it like this. Any one of these kids can achieve this goal if they are genetically right and mentally tough enough to handle it. And they've been gifted by the big man. I mean, let's be real. it, it Not everybody gets to do this. Just because you're big don't mean you just play football. This is all about being able to take a punch and be able to get back up and learn from it, not lose from it. Be like, oh my God, I got hit. Yeah, it's gonna happen a lot. You're gonna fail a ton, get over it. So being able to preach that message and teach it and have so many guys pick it up and you know, Drake Nugent is an Outland uh, Award finalist and a Remington Award finalist from Stanford this year. He's from Highlands Ranch across the street from my house. So, a kid that started the program when he was fourteen. And we've got starters all over college football, bro. And it's it's very rewarding on Saturday to turn on the TV and watch my guys ball. But I'm not gonna lie, dog, I miss Saturdays and Sundays bad. And eventually now that my my I've got a twelve and a nine year old and I'm helping him and it's awesome and I just I got I got the itch and I can't sit here and deny it. But at the same time the hypocrisy and the con but like the the nature of football where the good old boys coaching league and you got to know somebody and it's friends of friends and i'm hiring my buddy and i don't always hire the best guy yeah i i'm a competitor dog so if i'm better than you and i know i am and you hire your fucking buddy because he's your friend well that's is that really what's the best for the development of the players in your football team? Or are you just trying to take care of your friends? So there's, there's two ways to think about it. I love being a small business owner and having that kind of flexibility. And I miss game day bad um, because that's the only thing I don't get. I I don't on when they go on Friday nights, like 5am this morning, we had meetings till eight when these kids went to high school five or six different teams, staggered, 45-minute meetings, what they're looking at, what we're doing, get them up early, get them used to it. You know, the ones who really want it, that'll weed them out quick. You want to weed out a high school kid? Make them wake up at 5 a.m. during the school week and see if they'll show up. And I'm up at 4.30 every day. I started my career in New York. Nobody's getting the fucking jump on me two hours ahead, so let's roll. So we do that every day pretty much except for game day. And then the high school gets gets Friday night, the college kids get Saturday and the pros get Sunday and I get to watch and it's wearing me out. So eventually I see myself going to coach somewhere but it's just a matter of when and where.
1: Yeah. Sarah, Sarah's got an interesting question for you because she talked about it. She I thought you were the perfect person for her. She's got she's got four kids. She deals with uh, this youth deal, but she has a a take, Sarah. Go ahead. I want to hear this.
2: <laughs> I said earlier that like club sports are the middle class flex.
4: That's true. It's true. I mean, look, my program's not cheap, and you got to pay up front to get in it, and you've got to you've got to right. sit down with me face to face. And I essentially say to every kid, I put them in the hot seat, and the parents have to sit over there. And I go, look, that's the that's your support, and you should be lucky to have it because there's. Thousands of kids everywhere that would murder for an opportunity like this. You're the athlete and I'm the bridge. And if this is not an investment, you're spending money and you can go fucking spend money and run ladders anywhere. Anybody can get a, a, a personal training certification and go train people and shit. That's reading a right. book, dog. I mean, come on. Nobody. I always I love like on social media where people are doing like push-up variations. And I'm like, this fucking guy invented the push-up. This is crazy. He should patent that. That's nuts. So, you know, it's, it is the, look, if you can afford to put your son or daughter in a position, say, for example, if you come into my place and I allow you to get into the program and it all checks out and your grade point average is good and you're going to show up and we'll figure that out, but they say they will, it costs about between five and 7,000 a year. Okay. Okay if they show up four to five times a week, especially during the summer and the off season, they really get banged for their buck and do it correctly. And then say you're in the program for three or four years and the parents can keep you in and everything's copaesthetic. Well, shit. And one year we sent Barrett Miller and Drake Nugent both to Stanford. And then that same year we sent Aiden to Khan at Notre Dame and Cole Taylor to LSU and trade to Texas A&M. And the list just keeps going on and on and on. Right. So the, Five to ten to fifteen thousand dollars invested over that three or four year period where they are learning a ton about football, the personnel groupings, how to study tape, how to talk to coaches, how to not be a free school seeker, how to handle winter conditioning. Everybody early enrolls that can in my program. Zach Henning and Josh Bates just committed to uh, Washington and Oklahoma, respectively. They are both set up to leave in January. I want them walking into winter conditioning and spring ball and summer class. And discipline, not partying and chasing ass and drinking Keystone Light on a fucking dirt road as a big-time senior waiting to go to college. I want you gone. So we had six guys early enroll last year from Michigan State to Texas, Texas Tech and, and Michigan and so on and so forth. And when we get into the meat and potatoes of the program, those kids that had the upper ledge and their parents could sign them up, they immediately get seen first. They immediately get opportunities more. I'm sending 10 guys to UNLV this weekend. That's the first college football game of the year. 10 of my guys are going because I know the offensive coordinator. I play with him in college and our relationship is real. And he knows my guys aren't seeking free school. Right. The Miles Brennan thing that, you know, he just quit and he's not playing and he's not going to honor his NIL deals and shit. Yeah, good for you, bro. You got a bag, but you just fucked everybody. Yep. Like you're, and it, it's typical of a quarterback too. Hmm. I mean, shit. So he he just essentially fucked everybody trying to get NIL deals because now they're only going to look at the ability to, like, you have to play and do something first rather than just have the ability to be at the school, which excludes 60% of the roster because only 22 guys start. So that's some pretty selfish shit, even though everybody's, like, applauding him. Oh, my gosh, I I know. I I can't believe it. I had Adam Brenneman on my podcast yesterday. Obviously, I want to get you guys on, too, down the road. And he was, like, applauding him. And I'm like, Adam, this isn't a good thing. This is fucked up. Like, this is stealing, essentially. This is like, hey, give me that Porsche, and I'll play 12 games right. And they give you the Porsche. Uh, you're like, ha-ha, bitch. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> I got a Porsche. i I
2: know. I was actually listening to Eric Ainge's his take on the whole entire thing on his show. And he was saying, Eric, you know. Quarterback Eric Ainge? Quarterback Eric Ainge, Man, yes. I
4: played with him with the, in, the, in New York, the Jets. That's my dog.
2: So I was listening to his take and he's like, Was it a good thing that he did this? And I, I it just for me I'm thinking, how can that even be something that comes out of your mouth right now?
4: I think it sets a terrible example to the kids too. Like right. Bro, look, the whole point of the National Football League, once you get into it, is to have generational wealth for your family. Like you have the ninety five percent of the people in it. I grew up in a trailer. Without the NFL, I'm not sitting in my crib right now, and my family's right. sitting there and I'm running a business, and I have this platform. With uh, uh, damn near everybody I know that I played with in college that went to the NFL, it can significantly change their lives and the lives of their families and their families' families. And that's the whole Correct. point. The whole the point of this is not to get one fucking bag and look like an idiot and then quit because it gets hard, and they say you're not going to start. You play at LSU, bro. The chances of that starting quarterback actually making it through the season in the SEC West is fucking zero. He's going to get murked at some point, and you're going to get back in the game, and then you can be a redemption story, and look what, he didn't quit, and blah, 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 blah. But no, he it. He
1: could be fucking road. Joe Burrow. Yes,
4: exactly. I mean, yeah. fuck, man. He just was at the
1: school. I mean, And, like, Cole me. Taylor is
4: their tight end, and he's an NFL player. He went to Grand Junction High School here in Colorado. He was in our program for a long time. And we set him up at LSU, and that's another kid. Like, LSU recruits Grand Junction? No, they recruit 6-0. That's exactly why he's there. So he's now put himself in position to be a draft pick if he balls out this year. And I was talking to him, and I'm like, is this cool? And he's like, you know, it, it is what it is. There's no rules against it. I can't tell my boy not to do what he wants to do. When it comes down to it, if you don't want it to happen, either the coward-ass NCAA, who's the biggest hypocritical piece of shit organization in the history of college athletics, and they need to get fucked and go away, And I'll stand on that hill until I die. If they can come after me, I don't give a fuck. I don't work for any school district, bro. I'm a small business owner. I'm carrying assholes of America. I mean, they are terrible. And either they need to get involved and figure out some kind of structure, which I'm totally against because that's essentially limiting the earning potential of all these kids again, which happened to me when I played and happened to every kid in history before 2000 fucking COVID. So i uh to make to long look it's a long-winded answer but advantage is a good thing and if you have the ability to get on a scholarship or or you have the god-given ability you don't need me to be good you don't need a guy like me you just need to understand that number one you're not fucking special <laughs> there's tons of dudes that are fast and big no shit. number two you have an opportunity to do something and it's going to be over most likely before you're 30. So get your fucking mind right. Number three, you ain't special, bro. Like, I know I just said it and I'll reiterate. You better have special action and discipline and don't spend four or five years of your high school and college life rolling fucking dope up in blunts and just drinking and acting like you're fucking special because you're good at your high school or somebody's recruiting you. If you're being recruited and you're being evaluated by a grown man that pays a mortgage and his job is contingent on whether or not they recruit you or the other kid, give them a reason to recruit you, dummy. Don't be the guy who's like, oh, somebody will find me. I'm special. No, bro, you're not. And you know what? If you can't do the job, they have this thing. It's called the transfer portal now, which is essentially (laughs) for grad transfers. The transfer portal is awesome. For soft guys, the transfer portal is awesome because it gives them an opportunity to point the finger and go sit at mom's house and eat pancakes. But for shitty players, the transfer portal is even better because now coaches can just go clip, clip and be like, hey, hit the portal.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. They and don't that, have to that, say that no so I, more.
4: I think the professionalism that is now being forced into college football, if that's even a word, professionalism. Yeah, it is. I like the fact that it's becoming more professional and guys are getting paid. And and I, because look, there's when I was in college and I was getting a stipend check, there were times when I was immature and I was like, you know what? I'm fucking (laughs) special at CU, yada, yada, yada. But when I got to the league and I went undrafted and I was humbled and I was like, fuck, man, maybe I'm not that good. And they gave me a paycheck and they were like, yo, tape your hands up and fuck him up and we'll keep paying you. You get a pinch. And I was like, what do I need to do, bro? What time do you need me here? I'm here. And it like woke me up immediately. So hopefully some of these kids get some money in their pocket and realize that if you stay healthy at the end of the rainbow dog, there's a big gold pot and a little leprechaun. He's like, here you go. Here's all the money you can. Fucking but get. you have to work for it. It, it requires unbelievable discipline, work and <laughs> luck. Hey, Coach, and you gotta stay et- healthy, and that—that's kind of my point. Is you better build your body and your mind tough because this
1: is hard. Hey, effort requires zero fucking talent, and and I don't think these kids understand it no more. I think they—they. They, that's why I'm not coaching. First of all, no, I don't think anybody will hire me. Number one, number two, I don't think. <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, I I, <laughs> I I don't know if I could do it, Cole. If I went today, I think I'd be fucking fired tomorrow. And if I got a job <laughs> tomorrow and I hired you, we'd both be fired Wednesday. And that's well, the I, fucking I problem. I look
4: at it like this: like everybody asks me, like, why don't you coach high school football? And I go, shit. I couldn't sit in the room and listen to them fuck up pass protection and and do things wrong, and then be like, oh, it's okay. I know. I, I don't have I that bone in my body. Like I'm the guy in the room that's like. That's bullshit. I know. And everyone's like, fuck him. He's making a mistake here longer. And I'm like, yeah, but it's bullshit. I know. So, that I mean, I, I don't think I could coach at that level. Uh, although I'm coaching my son's 12-year-old team, and they tend to listen better than high school kids, which is really fucking with my head. I haven't wrapped my head around that one. Because <laughs> they're
1: impersonable still. You can still, <laughs> impress, you can still get a person. They're impersonable still. You can get an impression on them. I think they're not totally fucked yet like these high school kids with no <laughs> fucking parental guidance. Well, look,
4: I I love when the parents are like, are there curse words on the radio? And I'm like, I look at the kid every time they ask me and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I say motherfucker about 15 times a minute. So get your mind right. And then I'm like, and I always say to the kid, I'm like, you got your cell phone on you? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, pull your shit out. And they're like, think I'm going to go to their calendar or something. And I'm like, pull up iTunes. And they're like, what? And I'm like, iTunes. And they pull it out and they don't have their headphones in, right? They're in a meeting. And I go, hit play. And it's the last song they listen to. And it's like little pump oozy bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're singing about whatever the fuck they're talking about. And Bitches, like, weed and fucking to. smoking. You don't somebody. need to worry
1: about me and that. You need to worry about that shit. <laughs> hey, right. this the thing, though. That's real shit. Like I tell him every day. I said, wait up. So you don't listen. To, you listen to all Kirk Franklin. That's what you listen to. You're telling me. You listen to fucking Kirk Franklin, huh? And I know. I know you've been rocking the new game CD
4: since it came out. Tell me oh yeah, it.
1: yeah, yeah. Got it. got to you do. Tell it. me. I know got you. Oh, I
4: know you're banging that. I mouth. was
1: playing it the other day on a video I did. Hey, I, I, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I knew it. Hey, that's what the thing doing? though. Hey, but these kids are playing fucking Fortnite where they're smoking dudes head to and you wonder why we have fucking mass murdering fucking going on every day. But guess what? Don't motherfuck my son, though. That's a no-no. Well,
4: it's, it's it's called bulldozer parenting, right? So it's my kid can do whatever he wants. He would never do that. Oh, he's special, and I'm like, there's no, there is no fucking special, bro. There's just people. Like, and it's about decisions you make and shit. And if you put, look, I I believe in this wholeheartedly. My twelve-year-old, like, I had to get divorced to be a great father. Okay. Because I didn't want to fight about how to raise my kids. So my 12-year-old and I, once I removed distraction from his life where there's no more bickering and fighting and bullshit, he has become so fucking hyper-focused. He's a 4-0 student. We're up at 5.30, 6 o'clock almost every day working out. He's cr- He never played football before this year. He's crushing people. He's just figuring it out. And I'm looking at it like, Look, it, it in my personal opinion, I don't mean to sound like a sexist pig when I say this or anything, but it takes a man to raise a fucking man. Oh, I see it every at day. Some point, see at every some day. point when a kid becomes, when he starts getting hair on his peaches and he has the ability to talk back to you, that's when he needs to, like in 300, when they send the kid out with the fucking spear and they ask to go kill the wolf and shit, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's when you need to beat him to his father. And the fathers then supposed to like take them out and teach them how to be a fucking man. The problem is these days is that ninety percent of the fathers are either divorced and not in the house or not around because they're fuckboys, or they're at work all the time because they're trying to Absolutely. sustain a lifestyle that they can't keep up because they've got somebody in their ear, whoever it is, telling them that, that shit's not good enough. Exactly like what it is. <laughs> Every it, like all mm-hmm. all you really need is. A place to wash your ass, a place to eat, and a place to sleep. And I mean, come on, man. And and it's it's turned into this like I just don't like the aspect of fronting on social media and everybody yes. acting like they've got it together and they're rich and they've got no problems and everything's great. And then behind closed doors, they're like, hmm. And I'd rather just be up front with people. I'm like, look, it it this shit is hard. Life is fucking tough. It's going to kick you in the balls. You better get ready for it. Like, I didn't expect coronavirus to come along and shut down my business for a year and fuck everything up and make us move and like, but what am I going to do? Cry about it? No, I'm going to open up somewhere else. I'm going to go back to fucking work and we're going to start over and it'll be even better. So the inability for people to fail these days and then move forward is amazing to me. Like, look. Without failure, you're never going to figure out anything about yourself at all. So if the first time you fail, you immediately quit and you're like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to stay in my mother's basement. No one likes me. You're fucking right. No one likes you. I don't like that shit. I don't want to be around this negative bullshit. What the fuck, man? What, What do you mean? No one likes you. You're alive. 75 years ago, both of my grandparents were in Normandy. <laughs>
1: like, right. come on, dog. Right. You ain't got it that fucking bad. Right. Wake up. <laughs> no shit. I say it every day, Though no. I'm just like, and I agree. You know, I, I the difference in me and you is I, I, I call these fathers dads. And I think the difference between a dad and a father is one just shoots you out. The other one raises their kid. And I think fathers raise their kid. I never heard of Dad's Day. I hear Father's Day. And I think people have a horrible misconception between dad and father. And we're at an all-time high in domestic violence, men beating women. And you're the biggest bitch-made cat there is if you hit a woman. I don't care if she hit me 40 100%. times. 40 times you could hit me, Sarah, and I'm never going to hit you. And the thing is, the fathers aren't in the house. And it takes a man to show a boy how not how to treat a woman. and And look when
4: i when i say i had to get divorced i don't mean any disrespect like my ex and i are co-parenting like a motherfucker we get along great it just wasn't compatible and in my opinion it's what like the old school way would be stay together be fucking miserable and that doesn't work right that doesn't fucking work so i'd rather just be honest and lay it on the table they're kids they'll figure it out they're fucking resilient as shit Right. Like we kids are way more resilient than adults. Adults are stuck in their fucking ways. Kids are like, oh, okay, we gotta adapt. Fuck it. I'll adapt. I don't know any other way. And as long as you lead them through it and you're not just you're not making it seem like it's their fault, they'll adapt. Period. And it's not their fucking fault. Adults that blame shit on children are fucking cowards. So look, when you talk about domestic violence, I think it all comes back to what we were talking what your last guest was talking about with Deshaun Watson. And when you asked him about Deshaun Watson, He's so ing- – is he, a, is he a, uh, like a columnist or a writer for something?
1: He's an NFL. He works for USA Today Sports, and he's uh, he's got an ESPN show about the Steelers.
4: Perfect. So he's extremely politically correct and careful about what he says, sure. right? So you're a mom, right? Yes. And you have, you have four kids, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if he was a – and I don't know this man. I'm not trying to call him out or anything, but if he didn't have the – ceo sitting over his head questioning everything he fucking says when you ask him tell me about deshaun watson he could say he's a sexual predator fucking scumbag that should not be playing in the national football league right now they didn't suspend him for long enough five million dollars ain't shit he just got paid 230 fucking guaranteed his teammates are enabling this by not saying anything yes it's incredibly disrespectful to every female employee that works for the browns let alone everyone that roots for him and wears a fucking jersey I hope the Browns go 0-17. This is as low and dirty as you can ever get. The Houston Texans are complicit. They had the sex contract pretty much written up that he was allowing and then setting up the rooms and all that. They knew exactly what the fuck was going on. They saw the Rolodex of chicks that he was sexually assaulting. I mean, look, man, I've been in a lot of NFL locker rooms where there's two or three masseuses that work on everybody in camp. And there's nothing sexual about it. My fucking back hurts. I've been blocking Chris Jenkins all day. You think you could rub it real quick before I go to meetings <laughs> and take a chew so I don't fall asleep at the table? Right. Not, like, roll over and play Robert Kraft. And that, it, it <laughs> just, bro, it has gotten me to the point where I'm <laughs> like, I love the NFL, dog. I love it. Okay? I love football with a passion. But football is not bigger than sexual assault and maybe rape and God knows what else this scumbag did. You're not bigger than this, and like, is this the is the NFL now? Are we are we at a time like okay? I, I grew up when when uh, Ray Carruth did his, like what he did. What well, they we, try yeah, we like, played
1: against each other in high school. Yeah, like
4: say say like Ray Carruth got off. Would they just suspend him? Like say that he was like acquitted back in the day, and then but, but it happened now. And I know that would never happen, but just say like he got off on a technicality, right? And the NFL had all this information, which is essentially what just happened. Deshaun Watson got off on technicalities because it's hearsay, and it happened years ago, and the judge can't really pin it to him, and he has money, and if his name was Deshaun fucking Walker, he'd be in prison for 15 years. But because he's just gone, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So would, like, they just suspend Ray Ray Caruth for 11 games? Because what he did was pretty fucking atrocious, right? Well, this is... I think this is on that level, bro. I know he didn't kill anybody, but you're sexually assaulting 26, maybe up to 66 different women. And I mean, like a Browns. That we know of. Shit? Yeah,
1: that
4: we know you of. You can justify this. And like, then you can go home and talk to your girl or your wife and be like, oh man, I'm going to get a Deshaun Watson jersey. I hope he comes back week 12 and we're still relevant. Like, like we're six and seven, bro. Yeah. And like week 13, we can get in the playoff. Man, fuck the Browns, dog.
2: There's no sense of reality anymore. Fuck
4: ass team. How are you going to give this motherfucker $230 mm-hmm. million, dollars, cut, cut Baker Mayfield, and make him look like the bad guy after he played hurt for you, and then you're just going to sit there in the press conference and be like, oh, he didn't do anything wrong? What are you talking about? Ho, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hope they don't win another fucking game for the rest of the history of mankind, to be completely honest with you.
1: Nah. What were you saying, Sarah?
2: I said there's just... Uh, there's no it, accountability disgusting. anymore i mean nothing there's no reality sense of reality to the fan base to, to anybody
4: it, it's it's like people are desensitized too and look yes I'm, I'm to blame because i i am on social media constantly and i pump out minute videos and it takes three hours to get it and i'm it's hard and people are mm-hmm. throwing up and i don't show everything we we show a lot of positive stuff but i also try and show the negative part of it too like i I'm I don't pull punches. I don't talk like nicely behind the camera. Anybody that watches the videos, I'm on people's asses. But if you're Deshaun Watson and I I can't remember the porn star's name, but she's she's got glasses and dark hair and like it was a it was a video that surfaced months ago. He was like dunking a basketball on her in, in his like apartment in Houston. And she was obviously only there to do one thing with him, and she obviously did it with him. And like, the dude's obviously a sex addict, and he's been desensitized because all he—I guarantee you—he's probably got burner accounts and shit on his phone. And his boys mm-hmm. help him get chicks. Mia Khalifa. He's been—he's been, he's been fucking like he's shoveled this lie that he's special because he plays quarterback. So he got away with this shit forever, and then people started noticing that he was a sexual predator, and just happened to be masseuses. So, what, there's a conspiracy going around in Houston, Texas, and all the masseuses got together and decided to frame Deshaun Watson? The fuck, dude? Come on. I mean, that's, that's my thing. Fun, that's
1: my thing. Me and Marcellus Wiley were talking about it the other day at a little You're event, Brent. and we were saying the same shit. We're like, this is the issue I have. Like, so there's over 60 women that's come together and said, okay, we yeah. got this fucking issue. We're going to come together and get this motherfucker because he has micro penis and small dick syndrome. And that's like, that's what I'm tripping. I'm like, dude, goddamn. Um, it's unbelievable, man. Speaking of porn stars, I did a show yesterday with Alexis Texas, man. It'll be out, it'll be out on her show uh, this week, I'm sure. That was a Wasn't quite awesome. experience. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was nice. It was she was cool. Yeah, was she cool awesome. people. It was nice. Yeah, she was cool people, man. She fu- hey, I was like shit. Hey, I got fucked up. I was loaded as shit. Um, Uh, Hey,
4: man, that's the only way you can do a show with a porn star. No,
1: I get, yeah. I was like, fuck it. Hey, great, great day to have a great fucking day. Um, (laughs) Hey, what's your, what's your take on, I know you were, were you already, was Colorado in the Pac 12 when you played? No, I'm a Big 12 North guy. That's what I thought. My division
4: in college was, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, and Colorado.
1: That's what I thought. So that, that's why I wanted to ask you: What's your take on the on the Pac-12 breaking up and this whole fucking? I mean, all um, it is is a money bag chase. I mean, that's what it is. Um, it's disappointing. I know. And me I, too.
4: I uh, look. I the Pac-12, with the exception of USC, we played Oregon, we played Washington State, we played UCLA. You know USC was damn good when we played them. That's yeah. when they that was oh three oh four when they were winning national titles. I I never foresaw a you know a midwestern school with blue collar roots like CU going. I know we recruited California, but everybody did. So that that excuse was played out to me when we made the move. I'm like, look. I'm huge on foundation and history, and like I went, I grew up a CU fan. I love loving them when I was a kid when we moved here from Oakland and you know it, it just it was at the right time and McCartney had built the program and I got to watch them through the 90s I got there in 2000 be one of the best programs in the country and I wanted to play at home and my real goal was my entire fucking family is from Lincoln, Nebraska and I, oh my god, I love them but I hate them so much and I, I bleed black and gold and I went to see you to play in rivalry games and beat their ass and play Oklahoma, and play Kansas State, and play in that, in that type of football. And when, in 96, when they expanded to the Big 12, and you bring in Texas and A&M and all those schools, it's just even better. The Big 12 was a powerhouse when I played in it. And for the last 12, 15 years, however long it's been, I feel like my school got the death penalty, dog. if you really want to know. Like, I feel like Eric Dickerson and, like, Craig Sager. Like, I feel like the tradition and, like, you can paint the walls the same color and you can talk about the pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted in the timber of the week all you want. But we're not, we're not a Pac-12 school. We've never been a Pac-12 school. It's forced. You're forcing a rivalry on with Utah on us. Our recruiting base in Texas is dead. The University of Nebraska and how great and prestigious that program is went to the Big Ten and has died. I know that they lost eight games last year by one touchdown, but you lost eight motherfucking games again. That's not Nebraska football. Um, I'd much rather see CU and Nebraska playing each other every Thanksgiving and the true hatred that was there again. Um, and I honestly, I either the CU needs to go to the Big Ten with the rest of the AAU universities. And that's really the only thing that we can bring to the table right now. And hopefully we can get into the culture or they need to go to the back to the big 12 with Arizona state and Arizona and Utah and maybe Washington and Oregon or whatever. But I find, I think it's a fucking shame what's happening to college football from that perspective. I mean, West Virginia, Pittsburgh, not playing as terrible pretty soon Florida state and Florida aren't going to be playing anymore. Miami and Florida State aren't going to play anymore. Texas and Texas and A&M haven't played in 10 years. You're about to kill Bedlam, and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State aren't going to play. If the Pac-12 goes away, Washington State and Oregon State have to go to the Mountain West because their revenue aren't that big. They are fucking them, too. Oregon and Oregon State aren't going to play. Washington and Washington State aren't going to play. USC and UCLA, I mean, you're from L.A., bro. Really? You're going to the Big Ten, you soft-ass motherfuckers. Why are you leaving the conference you can dominate? Like... Lincoln Riley's got to be like, yes, I got the USC. Fuck, I have to play Michigan and Ohio State. We're fucked. No shit. <laughs> like, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving and USCLA and USC leaving, like, I'm just going to say this out loud. Be really, really careful what you wish for, dog. Because no I, when I was at CU, we were in the Big 12 title game every year. We were pumping out NFL players left and right. We were constantly in big games and bowl games, and we went to the Pac-12, and we've had one fucking winning season, and we are, I hate to say it, but we are not looking very good. And it it hurts me deep down. I know everybody that I know from Nebraska is crushed. It's not the same school. The rivalries are different. The biggest games they've had in the last 10 years are when we went to Lincoln, and they came to Folsom, and last year at Oklahoma. So that should tell you all you need to know about was it a good fucking move. Sometimes chasing the money when you're already a millionaire this is what happens. You look like a fucking idiot and you're sitting there holding your dick in the wind and it shouldn't have been this way. Yep. So I think the fact that like UCLA and USC are just going to jump to the big 10. Like if you think you're struggling in the pac 12 and you're not winning enough games, welcome to Penn state in the middle of November. That's you're what fucked. I'm saying. You're fucked. You're about to get absolutely boat race dog. Texas went to Arkansas last year and they put half a hundred on them and ran them out of the fucking building that's an old uh, like southwest conference bowl. Oklahoma going to the SEC like if you're Oklahoma and you got 50, 50 conference championships in 120 years, all right? You run the Big 12, you ran the Big 8.
3: Yep.
4: And now you're going to go play in the SEC what west? They're yep. going to put Texas in one of the two is going to the west, one's going to the east and it ain't going to matter eventually because it's going to be 420 team conferences anyway. Yep. And you're telling me Oklahoma and Texas are you're going to win 50 fucking SEC champions? Nah, dog. You're about to go seven and six every year and be Missouri. Yep.
2: Yes, exactly. Why
4: would you do this just to make more money off TV revenue? Bro? It's all TV. You make plenty of fucking money dominating
2: an entire conference.
4: What are you right. doing? It's become more about like clout and posing in front of fucking Ferraris and shit than, than actually like going out on the field and earning it like just go out on the field play the fucking schedule you play beat your rivals ass get into the playoffs and let's see what we can see and if we lose in the playoff we lose not let's join the sec because they invited us yeah tv fuck you we'll stay where we're at and and we'll play you in the playoff dog instead of yeah can i please come to the sec west and have to play all the teams in the playoff that beat the fuck out of us all the time that doesn't make any (laughs) sense to me
1: yeah, I don't understand it, dog. I I don't get it, man. I, I, I you've already covered a lot of the shit in here, but I was asked about the Pac-12. I, I I am fucking. I gotta ask you this question because just I think we think alike. Um, I just asked Zach Smith on here, who's a former Ohio State coach. He's, he does his own show, and uh, I mentioned the Indiana State football players who died tragically, I guess yesterday or, or whatever, this morning or yesterday uh, driving. We've had more fucking kids. I think 70,000 kids have died this year driving, which is uh, incredible to me. I say it every day. I say, look, we're giving the car keys to these kids before they learn how to drive. Now, I say that figuratively because I think we've given them the power of the NIL. I think they the hierarchy is no longer there. High school kids can transfer four high schools in four years. Now it's becoming a trend that is moving upward, which usually... It worked downward. So usually everybody in the NFL was copied. Now the NFL seemed to be copying fucking high school transfers, college NIL and portal transfers. And now NFL motherfuckers who are under contract demanding for trades is becoming this soft ass shit we've created and we've allowed instead of coach. I believe you coach it or you allow it. And so um, I think it's trending to where these kids are so... Laissez-faire, kickback, on the phone, smoke weed, Adderall, whatever the fuck it is. They're crashing in their vehicles and dying at an all-time rate because they're so fucking out of the loop on really what this thing is. And I tell these kids all the time, when you leave me, dog, you're going to hit the real fucking world. It's going to hit you in the mouth. And it's hitting them in the mouth literally now. And they're dying at an all-time rate. And we have more domestic violence than we've ever had. And I equate that to lack of fathers. But um, do you see that as being a real thing? Like, motherfuckers, I I hate to be insensitive and kids are dying in cars. But I take it as how we've allowed society to get to this point because of how fucking soft and how how scared grownups are to correct the fucking kid who's wrong.
4: Well, it's it's. Parents don't want to discipline their own children. No doubt. So, for example, like, look, I, I live in Weed Legal, Colorado, and I smoke because I played in the league for six years, and I have a five-level back fusion and my shoulder shot, and I've had six left ankle reconstructions and head trauma. And I haven't had a drink in 15 years because I know that whiskey sends me down a, a path where the devil's down there, and I don't want to go down that path. Fuck that. So I'd rather use God's medicine than the right way. And I'm a 40-year-old man that is legal, right? It's not for the fucking kid that's brain is developing. Like, it's legal for a reason. So the kids don't do it. It eliminates the drug dealer, right? But that's not really what's happening. The parents become the drug dealer. And, like, I'm not shy about I smoke it, like, in front of my kids. They'll be in the other room, and I'll step outside, and they're like, oh, dad's smoking. And they know the difference between what's for them and what's for me because I'm – Honest on it with them, and yeah. up front, I'm not hiding it yes. from them. Like, I don't shield them from watching rated R movies. We listen to all the same music, like, and they're extremely mature and four-o students, and they're not shocked by anything. They don't see something on the internet and they're like, "Oh my god, I have to try it." They're like, "Oh well, I'll just talk to my dad about this shit, and he'll figure it out." And it's really not that fucking cool. It's just somebody front Well, the kids, whether mom and dad are scared shitless to like find out that dad's in the other room puffing a blunt too, trying to fucking relax like if everything's a wall, the kid is going to dig underneath the fucking wall. He's not going to scale it. They're too smart. They have a cell phone in their pocket. They're in the information age, bro. As a parent, if you don't want them to find out, you better take their phone away from them and their iPad and the TV because everything's accessible. They can find out whatever they want whenever they want. So this assumption that you're going to shield them from anything is ridiculous. You better educate. You better fucking educate and you better be real with them. And if you're not, they're going to find somebody that they can relate to that ain't you. And then you're going to become the fucking problem. You're going to become the problem because you're trying to discipline them from something they think is right. So, like, for example, the driving thing. This is my biggest problem with every kid I work with is they get in car. I'm so glad you brought this up. They get in car wrecks on the way to the fucking facility. They don't know how to change like i had a kid sit in front of my fucking facility like a month ago he had a flat tire right and he called AAA, and i'm like wait a second all you have he's like my car's broke down and i'm like oh fuck, man call triple a and then an hour later he comes in and he's like all i have is a flat tire it's not really broke down and i was like wait a second dog You have to call AAA for a flat tire, you piece of shit. Like, uh, come on, dude. That's a fucking, that's a shot to men everywhere. Lack of father. Don't fucking jack this bitch up and change a fucking tire. You can't even drive the car if you can't change a fucking tire. Come on. And he's like, oh, my dad never taught me that. And I'm like, that's the first thing my father taught me. This is how you change the tire, dummy. If you get a flat tire and you're in the middle of nowhere, you got to be able to change it or you're dead. So... I think they're distracted by cell phones. And look, I, I know how much I look at my cell phone when I'm driving, which is too much. And everybody does. Every single right. person on earth. That, like, I'm freaked out about my kids driving because they have cell phones. And when you're constantly distracted or getting texted or fucking tweeted or DM'd or whatever, I mean, my phone rings every 30 seconds. So I can only imagine what it's like for a high school kid when they're that distracted. I'm pretty focused, and my shit rings all the time. They're distracted as fuck, and their shit's ringing all the time. And it's not like the messaging is real good. Look, I just got on TikTok like four months ago, and my account blew up, and that's awesome. But TikTok's full of a bunch of fucking unrealistic, hate-mass motherfuckers, and they're just talking shit.
1: Different world, yeah. yeah. I I can handle it.
4: I can handle it because I'm a grown man, and like I understand it's just a bunch of fucking weirdos in their mommy's basement. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not really that worried about it. But a high school kid can't, and they're always like, this guy said this and this guy said that and I go guys yes. they're fans. They're supposed to talk shit. Fans talk shit. That's what they do. So we're like my thing with with adults these days especially with the kids is look, you can be friendly to your children. They're not your fucking buddies. And they're going to respect you so much more as a parent if you have fucking morals and something to stand on regardless if the woke culture likes it or not. Like bro mm-hmm. Get fucked. Uh, you're not raising my kids. I can say whatever I want to them and send them down whatever path I think is right. That doesn't offend you. You you assuming that you can step into my household and tell me what to do with my children offends me. So let's yes. be fucking real on what we're talking about here. Or so, it's your job. Yeah, I mean, like that's my thing is everybody's responsible for where they put their private parts. And usually that leads to children. So if you don't want to have them, don't be fucking if you do have children, it's your responsibility as a mother and father to act like a mother and father. The mom can't be the dad and the dad can't be the mom. It's impossible. Number three, they're not your fucking friends. And if you don't if you don't set them up right mentally, the world is gonna eat them a fucking live because the only people that think like they're owed anything are the people on social media. And that's their number one influence these days. It's not Like, for example, I just talked to you about the game CD, right? Dromatics out. I think it's dope. Whatever. I asked every kid in the gym yesterday at Recovery, like, have you heard this yet? And they're like, who? And I'm like, the game. And they're like, he's a game? That's who it is? And I'm like, you've never heard of this fucking guy? Fuck no. They're like, no, never. And I'm like, man, it's just, I think pop culture means something. And, like, it was important when I was growing up. And it's these kids are just whatever flashes in front of their face. They're like, oh,
1: look oh look and they mm-hmm. it's just panda it, it's panda panda football. panda they know panda <laughs> <laughs> exactly they know all the and i have no idea who the fuck that is <laughs> exactly hey, hey dog at practice i used to play west coast shit and my team hated me they were like come on coach e40
4: again i can't i get I- it all the time every time i put on west coast <laughs> and they're, they're
1: always like who the fuck is this and i'm like
4: this is fucking ice cube,
1: dog. Yeah, they don't they don't have no <laughs> not fucking the rapper,
4: clue. Not the actor, this is the
1: rapper. They have no fucking clue, dog. They have no clue. Um, man, I appreciate it, dog. It's, we've been on, we could go on for fucking hours. I got we gotta do a part right. two and I gotta come on your show. I know uh, uh it's four o'clock already. It's seven o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, Sarah's first day on the job here and and uh, we've had job, fucking Sarah. horrible technology <laughs> issues today. Um uh, so, um, but I, Hey, we got it going. We got it done, man. Uh, we, we had a lot to discuss, but, uh, I appreciate you, man. I got to get you on. Uh, I gotta, I gotta come on your deal and, and get you back. Everyone make sure you follow sure. him on the bottom down there. Uh, Matt McChesney, six zero Academy. Make sure you guys hit him up, uh, follow him. A lot of people have already said they're followed your channel and your page. So I appreciate everybody in here. Um, man, we got to get together, man. Uh, in person, I'm sure we have a lot more to talk about, um, but uh, I have to come out to Colorado. My agent's out there anyway. Paul, she uh, pro star, so he's know, out there. Paul, she,
4: he's your agent. Yeah, oh, Paul's that guy, bro. Tell Paul I said hello. This small fucking world, bro. Is that and, right? And look, this, the last thing I'll say is this: is that's a perfect example. Of everybody that's in the football world, all the kids trying to play. That this is why you go through the adversity. So the mutual respect is passed, and you know, like when when I see another guy. For example, I was at Bronco camp like three weeks ago the heat of training camp i hadn't seen my boy brandon marshall in like five years because of covid and whatever else we were teammates together and all of a sudden from across the field i'm like is that b marsh holy shit and i'm on the radio and i'm like it is him and i like come off the radio out the tent and he turns around he's like motherfucker and i'm like hey i'm like that's (laughs) what this is about man all the shitty practices and the dickhead coaches and all the shit you hate that's what i love Yep. I love I love it when a coach is on my ass. I love it when it's hot outside. I love putting pads on and getting down. And if you don't love it, they ain't going to love you back. And, and if you do love it, it'll be the best bet you ever have, brother, I tell
1: you. Uh, there's no doubt about it, man. Hey, great, great, great segue, man. I appreciate you. We gotta get together, man. I gotta, uh, I gotta You're send going. you some stuff. You don't drink, but damn, I don't know if you smoke cigars. You smoke weed. Fuck, I'll you gotta a try cigar. Cigar. Gotta a cigar. i to send you one. And
4: I'll, I'll roll one with you, but I can't drink
1: that. All right, I'll, I'll send you a cigar. I, I'll, my cigars drop next week. I'm gonna send you some, but uh, we well, gotta hook up, man, and get together. We got too many people in common, I'm sure. So I appreciate you joining us, man, and uh, and I'll get with you uh, soon.
4: Take it easy, man. Great show, sir. Nice to meet
1: you. Hey, appreciate you, brother.
4: Let coach.
1: Chop it up. Matt McChesney, great great job. He brought the real... I know a lot of cats are in the comment section talking about, hey, damn, he should uh, tell us the truth for once. That's just how it is, man. That's a real fucking guy, real coach. We think alike. That's why I wanted to get him on the show. Obviously, he basically said everything I would say. That's why he got to know when to shut up and let people talk, and he did a hell of a job. So, Sarah, I don't know. What you think? First day on the job.
2: Oh my god! So much fun.
1: Um, we usually.
2: <laughs> I like him.
1: Yeah, he's good. There Matt's... needs
2: to be more people like that.
1: Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Matt, Matt's a good dude. He does a good job. Um, usually, we'll try to end the show at three thirty, and then we'll have thirty minutes of after hours after party. Uh, the technical setback today. So we're going to end the show today. We'll be back tomorrow uh, on Talk That Talk Tuesday. The Coach JB Show will be back tomorrow. Um, we're going to get together afterwards, me and Sarah, get our technical uh, issues together and fix it so she can introduce the show tomorrow. Make sure you check out your social media because it's blowing up. we got live editing going on during the show now. So we've had uh, clips being sent out all day long. So my phone's blowing up. So I appreciate everybody. Make sure you follow Sarah myself and the coach jb show on TikTok, instagram and twitter and uh and i we have an outro video for you and a song so everything's changed make sure you pound the like button hit the subscribe and become a member as you can call in uh even though you scary fucks did not call in today um but (laughs) man i appreciate it sarah and like i said we'll get together and fix this thing for before tomorrow and uh and I got a guy ready to come on, and we'll fix that stuff. Uh, take a break. Do whatever you got to do. I know you're busy. And then uh, I'll text you here in a second.
2: All right. Sounds
1: good. All right. I'm out. I appreciate you guys. I'll see Sarah tomorrow. I'll see everybody, Bye, everybody. tomorrow. See you guys later. And uh, we're going to get to the uh, – I got an outro song, by the way, Sarah. So we got the outro video. I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Peace. I'm a chameleon they call me man yeah. I can go in there Walk into any Any type of uh, Any home Any background Walk down any street in, in the country in my opinion And I think that Real recognizes real It's a new, new The Coach JV show With the fabulous Sarah Blake I am ready to do some content Give it to you straight No chaser